Tomahawk, my little flute benders, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully, and a hearty brawl in cell block 99 to you. Uh, Have you caught you up yet? Not yet. I'm Take, getting there. Tonight's the night. It's, it's not going to be tonight. But Take the three and a half hours <laughs> yeah. to what? No, two and a half hours, whatever it is. I, uh, I have major catch up to do, and oh, like wait. soon. You are, I forgot. I'm, I'm thinking it's Friday. It's Thursday. It is yeah. Thursday. That's yeah. a, no, you're, that you're on Friday I fucking, know. yeah, you're on Friday schedule. That's all right. Yeah, I'm ready to go. That's I'm good, ready man. to rock. That's fine. No, I got, I got, I got to be at the office in the morning. Mm, yep. That sucks. Well, listeners, it's the holiday season. Sure is. It is the holiday season. Happy so holidays. Whatever it is you celebrate, make it a good one. Spend yeah. it with the people you love. Watch some cool movies. Yes. And uh, you know, have a good one. Yeah. Merry, merry everything. Do you have any like uh, movie holiday traditions? The only one that my family has, and we just started it recently, is I have been a Star Wars fan my entire life. Mm. My family could not really give a shit. Uh, but they love me, and now that there are Star Wars movies coming out every Christmas, we see a Star Wars movie every Christmas. Nice. Yeah. That's a that's a great new tradition because there will be one yeah. every Christmas. And my parents actually love it. Like they they've like gotten into it. I think just because it was like a thing that I liked oh, growing yeah. up. But they are the quintessential audience that I'm sure Disney is terrified of. <laughs> when Rogue One came out, they were so confused <laughs> as to what movie it was. They were like. So it's a sequel to the one we saw last year. I was like, no, no. it's not. They're like, but it's the same It's the same girl. I'm like, no, it's not. No, like, it's, it's just a girl. They're like, no, it looks just like her. I'm like, no, no it's it it's not. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's good, though. I mean, that's a, I don't, our only tradition is we go to Aunt Susan's house. And okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we open presents at my sister's house. Yep. They have a new house this year, so we're going to okay. do it there. Um, the only movie-related tradition I have is every year I reach this time of year where I go, this is the year where I watch It's a Wonderful Life, uh-huh. and then I don't. Yep. I never do it because I, I sit down to do it, yep. and I go, oh, my God, it's two and a half hours, yep. and there's no cell, cell block 99 in which brawls <laughs> may occur. Right. I don't have the kind of time for yeah. this. And then I don't watch that, and I end up watching, you know, a Die Hard. Yeah, I don't know if you're missing anything to be. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's it's like a Christmas story where it's like it's only a modern. It's only become a classic because it's just been on every fucking year. For, well, I mean, that's essentially what yeah. did happen to it because it was uh, what's the word? Yeah, the it was like uh, public out, domain. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they there nobody watches TV on Christmas. Yeah. Put it on. Yep. And then, you know, they'll go, if they went back to it, I'd yeah. see it. Because A Christmas Story, they do that every fucking year. Yep. And I, I like that movie. Yeah. But I never, ever need to see it again. Yeah. Ever. That, I mean, that's how one, A Wonderful Life is a good movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know. I, Dave I Teruso, former guest, yeah. he swears by it. It's, yeah. He says that it's sappy and it's earned. Yep. But uh, it's good. It's good. I mean, I guess it's worth seeing. But it, it's also, yeah. it's just a, it's just like Christmas. It needs to be in my yeah. brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, but it's another one like Christmas Story where it's like, I get it. This is good. Yeah. You know. Put on Die Hard. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or Die Hard 2. Give me, yeah, give me a couple of Die Hards. Mm-hmm. Do any of the other ones take place on Christmas? They don't. Uh, three, I believe, is Fourth of July holiday, is it not? Does that sound right? Um, I know four is Fourth of July. Right. And uh, five is uh, Russia. Russia. <laughs> the new Fourth of July. Once yeah. Russia takes over. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. That, if Russia does end up controlling yeah. if us. If they Red Dawn us. If they Red Dawn us, yeah. please make it more like Red Dawn and less like Die Hard 5. <laughs> yeah. 
That would be that's because if it's gonna happen, I'm not. I'm personally not gonna stop you. Yeah, but I will. Uh, oh God, I would much rather live in Red Dawn yeah. than in just bleak Die Hard uh-huh. Five. Ugh, okay, that movie blows. It is not. You good. can listen to us talk about it on this podcast. Oh, yeah. We had a blast with it. Yeah, it we still got to do four. We do have to do four. We got to wrap we that do series. Four. Up. four deserves an episode. Yeah. Hey, that might be a good Fourth of July thing this coming year. We gotta wait that fucking long. Well, we don't have to. Yeah. but you know. Uh, welcome, listeners. You can find us online, yeah. uh, Twitter at I Like Two Movie. That's numeric two. Facebook.com uh, slash I Like Two Movie, and uh, we're on Libsyn. We uh, we have that interview with Sean Baker up. Who congratulations to him just won Best Director from the New York Film Critics Circle, uh, which is very exciting. And I think, as far as I'm concerned, makes him a lock for a couple of Oscars this year. I would imagine I, at least some nominations. There's definitely going to be nominations. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It's I'm very excited. It's uh, congratulations to Sean. Thank you for doing the show. Uh, you can find that on Libsyn, uh, our I like to movie.libsyn.com. Check out our interview with Sean. It was fantastic. Uh, and today we are going to celebrate the holidays with y'all. With uh, Wait, one did of, we give them all the plugs? I zoned out. I was looking at my list. I think we hit them all. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Twitter, Facebook. Okay. We, you said those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got I them all kept out. Here in Libsyn. Yeah. And then I started looking down at my list. Nah, I, I think we're good. Uh, if they want to email us, they can email us at I like to movie at gmail.com. Yeah, we and, check it sometimes. Uh, yeah, we certainly do. And uh, you know, we've done suggestions from listeners that have emailed us in the past. So uh, hit us up. Uh, but today we're going to celebrate the holidays with. Uh, I always call it one of my favorite Christmas movies and realize tonight I've only seen it once before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that I've seen it a second time, definitively one of my favorite confirmed. Christmas movies. Yeah, confirmed. Uh, Black Christmas. Oh, man. 1974 by the man that brought you a Christmas story. Yep. Bob Clark. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Remade, kind of, sort in of 2006 Black as Black Xmas. Xmas which You've seen uh, that, right? Yeah. I saw it in the theater. Woo! I don't remember much about it. Yep. I remember thinking, oh, this is actually like not bad for being like a... Mm-hmm. So the guys who did Final Destination made it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like a history on the X-Files and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Wong, I believe is the name. Yeah, and there's another guy. I can't remember yeah. his name. Oh, I'll look it up at some point. Yeah. We'll get to it. And uh, the one thing that that added, though, a lot of blood splatter into milk. Oh, yeah, That is an awesome thing. And that they use a that a cool lot. Thing. So, you know, Black Xmas was cool. But Black Christmas, yeah, classy as shit. Well, so Black Xmas, is, is, does that make it more of a slasher movie? That was my impression of if that If I remember movie. correctly, yes. Like it's people more get of a strangled with Christmas lights mm. and shit like that. It's more typical. Yeah. It is like a, a pool of female victims. Yep. But I don't remember it really do, having much to do with the original besides that. And then yeah. it's on Christmas. Yeah, got it. Because uh, that is, I think, a good place to start with this. One of the interesting things about Black Christmas is it is known as one of the progenitors of the slasher genre. The act- first holiday-based sure slasher. Is. It predates Halloween by quite a few mm-hmm. years, four years, I think. Because uh, I think Halloween is like 77 or 78. This is uh, 74. 74. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it was negative 10. And it is, uh, you and I were talking, not quite a slasher, I would say, ultimately. I would I would use the term psychological thriller. Yeah, with a couple slasher. Uh, I don't want to say elements, like a couple slasher notions. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's I mean, it is definitively a horror movie, but it it is certainly more. Um, you know, we only witness one real. I guess there is a slasher moment in it for sure. That yeah. murder that you and I were super impressed with is is definitely a slasher movie moment. See, the the problem with the term slasher is that like. Like a Halloween bridges the gap between something like Black Christmas and Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, because like a slasher in my mind, you have like a masked killer, like an a icon masked killer, a... and it's it's about 
the kills. Yeah. This isn't this has a couple kills in yeah. it, but it's not about the kills. No. It's about the situation around yes. it. Whereas like I couldn't tell you the interpersonal relationships with any two of but, Jason's. Oh my victims. god, no, ever. Not uh, any I can tell of you those about movies. his interpersonal relationships yeah. with his family. Yeah. But never his victims. I've seen it's ten just of those a movies. Parade and I don't... Of creative kills. Yeah. Whereas this is not about that. Yeah. Um Halloween's sort of in the middle. Yes. Because it has the creative kills, but yeah. it's it's still not, a character. It's drama. not like a gleeful uh, you know, slasher. Is yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of classy, but this is sort of on the farther end of that where it's so much less of a slasher. Yeah. It's pretty classy. It's trashy. It's classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's not, it, it's, it, not a, it's not slashy. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, I think yeah. that, that says it. It's a character-based drama. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I, the, the, the more we do the show, the more I come around to the notion that the more you focus on character and characters, the more likely it is that you've got a pretty good movie on your hands, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and this movie, like, I love this whole cast... I like all of these characters. I could like tell you a little bit about something of each of them. You mm-hmm. know, it's oh, man. I, I I like. I don't know something about the the way this unfolds does not feel like a slasher movie to me, and it and does feel much more focused on the drama unfolding between these characters. Well, we're the only ones that are aware of its potential, right? Yeah, part of the slashers that is that they know they're being chased and they're constantly right. on the run from the killer. But this is not people on the run at all. It's they're just trying to figure out what is happening around them. They're locked in their sorority house, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, and they don't even know that. Oh, that is such a cool element of this movie that they, for most of the movie, do not know that the killer is inside the house with them. But we do. We know from literally the very first. It's shot. The first thing that happens. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Actually, that's a good thing to talk about too because Halloween is very famous for its opening shot, which is a POV shot from the killer. This opens the same way four mm-hmm. years earlier. And this probably isn't the first to do it either, I, I would no, imagine. No, it's not the first. I'd, I'll pull up the trivia, and there, yeah, there was yeah. a couple that went before it. But what differs from this in Halloween is that Halloween did it through the mask. Yes. Until they take off the mask and they reveal his his boyish face. Yes, there's like a twist on that opening scene. That, yes. Oh, it's a yeah. boy. It's a little kid. This is like almost GoPro. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not GoPro, of course, because yeah, it's 1974, yeah. but it is the cinematographer just wearing a camera yeah. and doing things with his hands. <laughs> I'm doing things that you can't see, but it's doing hard. things specifically with his hands for the audience to see to kind of tell this story of this killer. Yeah. There's like a really great POV shot of him climbing like a lattice mm-hmm. to uh to look in a window. And it's uh I don't know, I was just thinking about like 1974, you've got the hands in front of the camera, the camera's moving up the lattice with the hands. It's got to be a really difficult thing to fucking capture. It had to be shoot. heavy. Yeah. There was no wires. It right. was just film and a lens. Yeah. You know? It's uh this movie is really impressively shot too, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I maybe wish it made a little more use of the uh, architecture of the, the house, mm-hmm. but it is, I love the way this is edited together. It's kind of funny that you say that, because I agree. I, I never would have thought to say that, but I do agree, because it's, but at the same time, the architecture of the house, using that as sort of a maze-like thing, yeah. brings it further into the slasher realm. Totally. Um, But there would be a way to do it, but I could not draw you this house too specific no i i have a good enough feeling of where the attic door is yeah. which is the main focus of a lot of what happens in the house uh because the killer is up in the attic um but like when i think about things like um 
well, I mentioned Crawl Space when we were watching it, which I know you mm. haven't seen. That has a really heavy focus on the architecture of the house mm. that I think is really effective. Is that um, movie from the point of view of the killer or from the point of view of the people? Uh, both. It like flips okay. back and forth between them. So um, sort of like that. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, but you in that movie, you always kind of know who the killer. Like you know his face. Oh, okay, you know this okay, movie yeah, hides yeah. the killer from you the whole time. You never even find out at the end, which mm. is awesome. Uh, but um, a- another good example, I think, is the Babadook. Actually, the Babadook yeah. has a really heavy focus on the architecture of the house, and I, I something I, I love when a horror movie takes place in a house. But when it does, I, I do really like when it focuses on how the actual like structure of the building itself kind of increases some of the tension and fear that mm. you might experience there because you can't see around this corner, and you know what I mean. Mm. Thing is though, and and I do agree because I think there'd be a way to walk that middle line. But I also think too, like this movie, we talked about how it is. Anymore, it's got to be about, uh, you know, oh, the the killer's chasing them. Got to got to get away. Got to yeah, yeah. They, they know the killer's on their tail. This is the opposite, where it's dramatic irony for the whole movie. Whole movie, where we know off the bat that it's not a reveal that he's in the house. Nope. Because we know off the bat it's a reveal to them. So you get the whole. Yeah. It's a whole movie's worth of don't go in there, don't go in there. Yes. And I wonder if if it relied more on the tactile sensation of of peering around a corner yeah. and stuff, would that soften that, or right. could it be done to enhance? Right? It? Does it hurt it or help it? Yeah, I, I think with enough skill, it would inarguably help it. For but sure, I think that it could also be it. It just brings it back to slasher territory. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think where this movie kind of like gets like. Um, like I, I kind of didn't care that it didn't have that architecture focus that I'm just like a fan of because I think the like the pacing of this is really fast. Mm-hmm. Like especially for a movie of this era, it really moves from scene to scene. There's no, as uh, Kevin Smith says, Bruce Willis calls it chuffa on this movie. That's awesome. There, you know, there's no moment. Get a little chuffa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> get a chuffa. Dude, he tells stories where like when they were working on Cop Out, he would like come in with the like. You know, they give Willis the pages to be like, hey, here's what we're shooting today. And Willis would come in and go, no, no, these are the pages we're shooting today because this, this is all chuffa. And he would just like cross a bunch of shit out of it. Trying to put some chuffa in front of Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, but uh, this movie has none of that. I mean, there's no scene where like when we cut from, because we are cu- pretty rapidly cutting from like one scene to another and we're always in the middle of something happening mm-hmm. when we get to that next scene. So there's never moments of like an establishing shot and some people are walking down the street having a little bit of chatter that eventually becomes the scene we're watching. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's like a lot of movies. A oh, good example that towards the end. There is an establishing shot, but only in the form of, and we are going to spoil, so whatever. Oh, but yeah, when, yeah. Um, when the sheriff pulls up, yep. he pulls up in his car. We, we see who it is because we see the car. Yep. It pulls behind a car that's in the foreground of his dead partner. Yep. And then it pans all the way up and shows the whole establishing shot of the house. So we yep. actually get the scene is now we're, we're balls deep in the yes. scene and we still haven't entered the scene. Yes. It's so fluid like that. Yeah. It's I mean, there are some amazing edits in this movie. Like, the you know, the one that comes to mind is the one that I was like, ah, ooh, uh, when uh, and I, ca- I actually now what was it? He, somebody is screaming and then it smash cuts to a guy peering in the window with his mouth wide open going like, hello? Yeah. There's hello? Just, are you in there, Jess? There's all of these great, like, they're not cross fades. There's no fade, but like the sound that you expect to hear out of like a telephone, you know, like you'll see a telephone on a desk and you you think it's about to, or you'll hear, somebody will be about to scream in yeah, a scene. that's the one I was And then it'll smash up. cut to a telephone ringing, you know, mm-hmm. so you, but you hear the well, ring it'll, it'll from start the, with the yeah, like the sound from the ring is in the first shot. Yeah, where they're they're screaming, but there's no scream. It goes to the ring, and then we we move on yeah. to the phone thing. It's uh, it's it's, it's yeah. so tight. It's I love it. 
I I don't know. I you know it's like an Edgar Wright thing almost. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that um, fluidity is is actually the perfect word for it. That fluidity of of editing and and moving from scene to scene without it feeling like there's no break between these scenes. You know what I mean? There's the, no wipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm watching a lot of Star Wars lately. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the wipes are funny. You are. Yeah, they really are. They 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 yeah. They're just funny. I always wanted to do a joke when I was doing stand up, and this would. You're literally the only person that would ever laugh at this. <laughs> okay. I always wanted to do a what joke. What if I hate it? Where, you, like, you probably will. Ugh. Where like as I'm telling, as I'm like finishing a joke. Just like once I hit the punchline, I just start like moving the microphone cord like mm. kind of wildly, like picking it up and throwing it down almost like it's a whip and just kind of do it a little bit and then go, sorry, I'm working on my George Lucas transitions. I like it. That's good. <laughs> this is such a bad joke. <laughs> no, it's awesome. <laughs> See, I would do it this way. I would finish one joke and I'd be like, blah, 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 punchline. I'd be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just. So let me tell. You. Oh no, yeah, I'm just working on my transitions. And yeah, yeah. Dan the, just did a a like uh, waving like hand a, yeah, motion in front of magician, his face. Yeah. A magician reveal. Yeah, wipe. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so good. I just I always like the idea of oh, I'm working on my Lucas transitions. The people who get it would love it. <laughs> you know, but the people who don't think about wipes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I always think about uh, there was I forget what episode of The Simpsons. It, oh, it was the it was after I mean, you were not a Simpsons guy. I've up, seen Simpsons, you? but yeah, there was an episode where after Maud Flanders died, it was Ned mm-hmm. Flanders' mm-hmm. wife. She got uh, hit with a tire at a at a race car. I do race. remember this. Yeah, and so they were making a like a dating video for Ned. And Homer <laughs> was editing. You know, he was in charge of editing, and he'd be like, yeah. "And we cut here, and a star wipe, and, we were, <laughs> and every single edit was a star wipe. Yeah. It was it was incredible. That's great. It was also revealed when Ned Flanders was in the shower that he just has like a dick to the floor. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. But anyway, that's funny. So Black Christmas. Yeah, I I just love the editing in this man. Like mm. I I. It just the pacing of it and stuff. It does not feel like a movie from 1974. You know what it makes me think of, and this is a comical, less classy, not as skillful version of this. Yes. But in uh, Me, Myself, and Irene, there uh-huh. is the scene where evil Jim Carrey yes. goes over to his neighbor's yard where the dog's always pooping. Yeah. He drops trout and he squats down. Yep. Smash cut to chocolate soft serve being yes. squeezed into a cone. Yep. And so it's like a really quick. You know, almost a layering of image. Yes, there it's used for silly, silly comedic ha-ha effect, humor. Yeah. But here it's it's used a little bit for comedic effect. Sometimes, times. yeah, and then other times it's it's weird because it makes it natural, but it still does announce the the craft that's being. You know what I'm saying? Totally, like, yeah. But I I think effectively it kind of you know as an audience member it gives you this feeling of like that like. This is there's a tension to that, right? Mm-hmm. It's just because it's rapidly moving from scene to scene. There's never a chance to catch your breath, you know. Before there's there's like uh, the one where the I forget who's being killed and she screams and it's the phone yes. thing. Yeah, we don't get to see her die. We nope. don't get to see any of that. It just yep, boom. So we're like, oh, what's happening next? Yeah, it's I, I really like the way that that kind of keeps the tension high, especially because like I said, like the cool thing about this movie is it's not a twist ending when we find out there's someone in the house. We know that the whole time. Mm-hmm. So every time the girls and the girls leave the house a bunch and you almost feel relief every time they leave. And every time they come back, they have no idea how afraid they should be. But we are afraid for them mm-hmm. every single time because we know, despite the fact that they feel safe, they're in the least safe place they could be. And it's a smart move because once they do find out, because yes. that's that's why it works as dramatic irony. Yeah. The whole time is don't do that, don't, don't go. The whole movie is don't go in there. Yeah. But then when they find out and they realize it, 
it ratchets up your tension because you suddenly go, oh, you don't actually know how bad it is. Right. Even though they, they're now in on the secret, they don't know how utterly awful it actually right. is. Yeah. They're, and so I, this is... I, to me, this feels like, like you go from don't go in there to be like, oh, you still don't know everything. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, especially um, what's the main character's name? I can't uh, think of Jess. it. Jess. When she at the end, the cop is telling her to, like, just walk out the door, walk mm-hmm. out the door. And you're like, yes, please walk out the door. And she's like, nope, I got friends upstairs. I got to go. I love that moment that she gets to have that moment. But you're also like, Stop. Yeah, listen, get out. Just listen. Get get the fuck out of that house. That's. I mean, when we get into the characterizations, we'll yes. talk about that. Yeah. But that's a great moment because she goes from knowing that there's someone in there to you know actually being proactive and dutiful yep. about you know potentially rescuing a friend. Yeah, yep. that's a cool moment. It's a really cool moment. It like one of my favorite moments in Halloween is Lori's walk across the street to go to the house that she's like, oh yeah, she doesn't know Michael is in yet, but like has a pretty good bad feeling that like she's walking into some shit Mm -hmm. i love that moment because it's like you can see on her face as she walks across the street she is making a decision Mm -hmm. like i'm going to figure out what's happening and and face whatever it is whatever i've been afraid of this whole movie i feel like that moment with jess is that amped up to like 10 you Mm -hmm. know because it's like she does know what she's walking into to some extent you know by the time she gets that far it's like Oh, I know what I'm about to face down, and I'm I'm just gonna have to face it down. I, I, Had she seen any bodies at that point? Oh, good point. Maybe not. Because now I'm starting to think. I mean, either way, it's still like I I'm sorry to say this to you, Garrett, but if we were in this situation yeah. and I get that phone call, I would walk. I out walk of out the house. I'd, I'd probably shout out and be like, yeah. "Yo, I'm leaving. Come." Yeah, exactly. I promise you, but I'm not going up. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck that. No, exactly. I yeah. felt the same way. Okay, I was like, good. I would do exactly <laughs> what she started to do, which is scream, "Hey, hey, get! I'm leaving. Yeah. Get out the house. Get out get the but." She turned around, and I don't know that I would have, um, which is sad to say, but I don't know that I would have. What a like pre-subversion of that trope. That's the big thing yeah. that they make fun of in Scream is, ah, oh, she's always going up the stairs yep. when, she, yep. when she should be going out the front door. And usually it's it's in the form of they're just running, mm-hmm. and they pass the door and go right up the stairs. Yep. But because this isn't that kind of slasher, we yeah. do have the moment where it's oh, there's a reason for her to turn she makes around a decision. And, and stay in. It's a decision as opposed to absent-mindedness yeah. for the sake of a beautiful kill. Right, yep. Yeah, no, I really, really like that. And, that, you know, that's probably a good place for us to sort of get into some of these characterizations. Because mm-hmm. to me, the most interesting thing about this movie, and it would have been in 1974 maybe, but in 2017 it definitely is, is the kind of like gender politics of mm-hmm. this movie. It is a a fascinating movie to watch now where it is about a house full of women that are constantly having to interact with men in various positions of power that are for the most part, always dismissing them or telling them that they're wrong or telling them how to uh, um, help themselves, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and because... It's the whole, I know what's best for you. Yes. And it's like, how? I just do. Right, yeah. You know, because I'm better. Yeah. yeah. And the best part of that is that we know the killers in the house the whole mm-hmm. time. So every time... Like, there's <laughs> this great... Go inside, lock the doors. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure. There's a great comedic moment where two guys claim they're from the search party. I actually get the impression by the end of that scene, I don't even know if they're actually from the search party. They snicker at each other. Like, oh, yeah. They just wanted to talk to some college girls. Oh, yeah. You know? They might have just... Yeah. So it's like these two guys approach their house, scare the shit out of them, and they go, no, no, we're from the... Because they're searching for a... There's um, they, uh, they find a dead 13-year-old girl in the town park. Uh, and they're already getting reports of these mi- other missing college girls, and so they're, you know the, the, the whole town is like on on edge, and they're they're looking for the killer of this thirteen year old girl. These guys come to the house, say they're with the search party, kind of are telling the girls like, "Well, just stay inside and lock the windows and doors. Just remember, lock the windows and doors. Stay inside. That's where says, you'll be safest." He says, uh, 
if you just lock all your doors and windows, you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like, because we know the killer's in the yeah. house, that is bad advice. Well, what's funny about it is, like, in that situation yeah. without knowing, that is a good idea. It's, it's and it's probably a good what idea I would say. That nobody needs to be told. N- yep. It, that, that's, yep. I think that's where the, the gender politics yes. comes in. It's like, you're not giving Jess any good advice. Yes. Because not only is it, we know, bad advice, yeah. but... Yeah, of course she's going to lock she's her well fucking aware. windows. She's yeah. well aware. She knows There's how no to, need yeah. to take that. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, you and I were talking about it upstairs, and I, I, I think this is true. Uh, you know, uh, rightfully so, uh, uh, women do complain about men's uh, in te- uh, uh, tendency to try and solve a problem. Mm-hmm. As soon as a problem is presented, like, oh, well, you could do this, or maybe we could do that. Here's how we could, you know, this to immediately start giving advice and trying to solve a problem. As opposed to just maybe being a little sympathetic to like, hey, that does suck, and you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, feeling it, you know, uh, and that's exactly what that scene is. It's just oh, a bunch of guys going, oh, we know how to solve this problem. Hundred percent, this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and like there is, there is, there's a nature to well, because John Saxon doesn't seem to talk over no. too much. The sheriff, yeah, he's like the good guy, yes, and he's yes. you know, yeah. he's like my favorite depiction of police in movies. Oh yeah, where it's like he's clearly good at his job. And he's pretty good natured, mm-hmm. you know. Well, they put him up against Nash, right? And Nash is his desk jockey, yeah. who is a dick and yep. is like on a power trip as yeah. a man and as a cop. Yes, and so yeah, and then Sa- <laughs> we're never gonna get the sheriff's real. Yeah, John Sa- yes. Sheriff John Saxon. <laughs> yes, he's the first to treat Jess with like, all right, well, come yep. on in, we'll talk. about I'll it. I'll listen to you, and that that's like the one, uh, the one uh, uh, figure of power. Yeah, that's the one man figure of power that isn't, you know, as much as I hate the word, it is a thing. There's, he's not mansplaining yes, to right. anybody. Yeah. And, you know. He's listening. That's, yeah, he's, he's literally, listening. that's like his job throughout the movie is to just like listen to them and take the information in. Mm. Uh, and yeah, but no one else does. And then you get these scenes where there's only one subplot in this movie and it's it's Jess's subplot with her boyfriend mm-hmm. uh, where she discovers she's pregnant and tells him she's pregnant and tells him she's going to abort the baby. And then he spends the rest of the movie telling her what she's going to do with that mm-hmm. baby. And that's then, a cool way that because they build him as the red herring. Yes, but he's also a good, like a well-informed red herring yes. because he's a guy who is who's wrong. Yes, and is on a power trip about yes. his wrongness. Right. It's like he is the perfect fit. Like ostensibly, because we never do see the killer. Right. Like we never find out who the villain of this movie is. The villain of this movie is him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not the killer. But he's like, but he's the villain. He's the villain. He's he's like, and it's funny. I feel like nowadays that everything's meta. He would almost feel on the nose. Yes, he doesn't hear because no. it's like now. If it, it like now, what are we? 30, 40? 33 years later. Forty three years later. Yeah, forty three years later. Yeah. Um, if we put a character in and we wanted to have a gender thing and just yeah. were like let's have her want to have an abortion and him acting like it's it's his choice, right? You know, th- that would feel on the nose. Yes. And like, because it's 43 years ago, it feels, you know, pioneering. Yeah. Except for the fact that, like, I know that guy. Yeah. I totally know that the, guy. I totally know that yeah. guy. And the reason, and the thing that is amazing about that being a plot point in this movie from 1974 is that, like, if you and I know that guy in 2017, that just was guys in yeah. 1974. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this movie is in 1974, all you know, like way, uh, I guess not ahead of the curve. The feminist movement was certainly like uh, already in full swing at that point. But it is like, I, I would say ahead of the, the popular culture mm-hmm. on just like, don't do that. Like, this is not, 
nothing about this reaction is correct or positive or helpful or productive. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is, you're not in charge of any of that. You don't have any ownership over her. That's not, not and you're not, like, that's just not a productive response even, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, that was literally what I said when he started smashing the piano. I was like, what problem do you think you're solving right now? Yeah, he's just, well, he's just, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Man, man, yeah. you know, he's, he's doing that thing. Yeah, well, and even, um, uh, uh, um, uh, but it's who, funny too the way that he does the because he does sort of pull the card where he pulls like the religious angle where yes. it's like oh you're just gonna kill this baby yeah, yeah. but his characterization doesn't make him seem to be from the you know from the the uh, evangelical point yeah of view. he doesn't seem like super Catholic He's or definitely anything. on a power trip right. about it yeah and you get the sense throughout the movie that she essentially does. Probably whatever he says. You know, right, he yeah. was the guy that he had his plan. He wants to be yep. this piano player. Yep. But you know, uh, one of his solutions is to try and marry her. He doesn't ask her. He says, "We'll go get yeah, married." You know, we'll do this. He says, "He says, like, I quit the conservatory, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, because you're gonna." Ma- he literally says, "Because you're gonna marry me." Yeah. Like he's like very direct about like. Because we will get married. You know, like, yeah. it's no... I've planned our lives. There's no so discussion. You don't need a say in it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so her being pregnant and having the ability to get an abortion, to, it, it, it's not about the life. It's right. about... She's finally doing something that he can't stop her from right. doing. Like, cannot... You gotta sleep sometime. Yeah. Even if, you know, they're, she can get it done whenever. Yeah. That kills him. Yeah. You know, like he kind of spirals out of control because of the, he he gives up the conservatory because yeah. he's so mad about yeah. that and plays that goofy song. Dude, it's so funny. Yeah. That scene's amazing. It is pretty amazing. He so proficiently plays the worst piano piece I've ever mm-hmm. heard. It's incredible. It's soulless, but yeah. you're like, damn, he's good. Yeah. He's he's gotta stop playing with that with that dick in yeah. But you know. Uh but yeah, so I I was like I just spent the whole movie being fascinated by that because, like, every interaction they have with men in some way is them being dismissed or not listened to, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Even um, Claire's father, the girl who's missing from the, you know, she's who gets the bag over her head in the beginning. uh, And her father, like, the first half of the movie is, is like, he's, like, kind of a main player. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just, like, a couple of scenes where, like, Oh, the, like when he meets the house mother, mm-hmm. at, at, he's the sherry drinking house. Mother, yeah, who's amazing. He's got sherry in every nook and cranny yeah. of the house. Such a great so character. So much so that whenever she finds, like, she'll get legitimately mad when she finds one yeah. empty. Yeah, it's That's so amazing. She's such a great character. Oh, yeah. uh, but like uh, their whole scene together when he first comes to the house is he says, "I didn't send my daughter here to be drinking or flirting with boys," mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, he's." She's a good girl. It's not, you know, she and she's like a good, she seems like a, a great, like, actual, like, she's like kind of a good figure to be their house mother to some extent because she, to me, that character exudes this kind of like, this is the next generation of women. Mm-hmm. They're in charge of themselves. It's okay for them to have these like crazy posters that are kind of sexy up on oh, the, yeah. you know, like she's very, the they should be drinking. Probably a they, former member that right. just never, you know, Never did anything but work. She, you know, yeah, work she didn't grow job. up in the seventies. She and didn't have that, the, you know. She had, they, they have house. Even in the, it's they have house mothers. Right. Yeah. That's that's such a crazy thing. Because a house full of women can't be trusted to mm-hmm. be there on their own. You know. No, they're gonna be shitting out babies. Yeah, there's no house fathers in fraternities. Mm-hmm. You know, but the women gotta have somebody watching over them. Uh, but so I, I really like that. Uh, you know that that whole scene plays out between them, and it's like even this guy is like. 
hey, like, what are you letting my daughter do? I'm in charge of her, and she doesn't get to do these things Mm. because this is not her place in the world, you know? Uh, I I just love that this movie's full of that, and so this is my big context. It's funny because his his girl was like the trope of the good girl. Yes, absolutely, she was the good girl. Yeah, like and yeah, it's that's hard. He's such a strange character because he's like he just seems so nice and caring and quiet. But but, uh, he still does fall into just the the power play of the whole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so wild. He seems like a pretty good dad and a pretty good man, and you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But like in 1974, like he also clearly has very specific ideas about what his daughter's role in the world is. You know, they had a talk before she went to college. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's uh, he he's in charge of her. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as he's concerned. and yeah, it's just like, uh, and you know, even like one of the good guys in the movie, one of the only good guys, the dude with the big fur coat. Is that, oh yeah, is that Barb's boyfriend? That I believe was Barb's boyfriend, right? Played by a non-little Peter Dinklage. Y- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, even he, like, he's like kind of one of the only good guys in the movie. But even he reacts to everything that's happening with violence. Mm-hmm. He, you know, when he finds out that the cops aren't listening to them, he charges into the police station. He starts yelling at guys and commanding them to listen. And he, you know, he handles these things in like a very like brash sort mm-hmm. of like, "I'm gonna fix this problem. You're gonna listen to me." You're, you know, yeah, I am in charge here. <laughs> yeah, what are yeah. you gonna do to help me? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I love that this movie is so much about that. And it's from 1974. It's mm-hmm. so much about that. You we, know? Had, we had almost literally the exact same conversation about Bone Tomahawk. Yes, exactly. You know, the exact same kind of thing where it's like, it speaks to the, uh, just like the structure of that. Yeah. You know, the structure and the, the the relationship between men and women. Yes. Without making any sort of morality play out. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the fact that it can be just as resonant in 2017 is in 1974 says a lot and you know yeah a lot good and bad yes yeah um, yeah you know and but that's yeah it's just wild it, you know it, that's, the, it's good writing yeah oh definitely i mean i think the good thing it says is that like in 2017 we're watching it and we're really recognizing that stuff mm. we are so aware now of, of those gender politics and the dynamics that play out between them uh i think mostly to our benefit um but you know then also like yeah but why why they were already talking about this in 1974. Why is it 2017 oh, and yeah. we still need to be fucking having this conversation? Yeah, yeah, we still got to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, it still merits being yeah. being pulled apart. It's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so yeah. How far we've come and how little progress we've made. Then the other <laughs> you know? argument too could just be like, it's always good to have a reminder. Yeah, yeah. You know, because even even those of us who progress or have progressed or I mean, I guess we're all in in progression. Yeah, it's always good to have a reminder. And you know, clearly, and if the- you can hide it in a movie, yeah. That works very well on me. And clearly 2017 has proven we don't just need a reminder. We need to start teaching uh, people to yeah. just be better. To be, just treat other people yeah. like they're people because they are. Yes. Ah! Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and that's a funny thing, too, is that the fact that most of what this guy does, killing people is is like the secondary thing. Right. He likes to harass them. Yeah. And so he's, yeah, the ultimate power trip, I guess, is killing somebody, but he's not happy to just kill them right. the way. I mean, it, once again, it differs from the slasher where Jason comically takes pleasure in killing people, but yeah. it's more for the Rube Goldbergian benefit of the audience to yeah. watch how he has devised these kills. Yeah. Whereas this one, he's doing it out of some sort of pathos of of power and craziness. Yeah, it's and it's, it's so... It's not for the benefit of the kill. Right. He seems to be really into the... Uh, theatricality of it both outwardly and for himself well and i really think this seems to be pretty based on like what 
probably what little, but what little we knew about serial killers in 1974. Because mm-hmm. he, so it, it actually we should just talk about the killer because it's a really interesting aspect of this movie. You mm-hmm. brought up while we were watching it that we never see his face, Mm-mm. but we hear these like really. Cri- I mean, the performance is really great. The vocal performance is is really good. He does, which is done by a mix of many people. You can tell. Um, well, yeah. It's, I mean, there's different voices. And yeah. He does that weird, like you, you Agnes double Billy speak thing, kind double of speak thing, kind of yeah, thing which yeah. I guess can be done. Right. It's also there's an ambiguity to this yes. movie that we will talk about yes. in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I feel like if it was in my head, I'm just picturing if you told Donnie Donnie Jepp, wow, <laughs> <laughs> how how little I respect him now. I can't even get yeah. his iconic name. Donnie right. Jepp. Uh, so Donnie Jepp, star of uh, Bronny Dasko, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> and the Dumb Ryeries. He uh, oh, I could do this all night. Pirates um, of the Caribbean, Fear and Fothing in Las Vegas. Pirates <laughs> <laughs> of the Caribbean. <laughs> Chedman's Test. <laughs> all right, so if Johnny Depp had to play, we'll call him Billy the Killer. Blow. We, we would end up. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's cool. Uh, there's got to be like, uh, oh, the only one I can think of is, it's a wad, mad, 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 Because you can only switch one on that one. Wait, another good Johnny Depp one is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> no, it's Farley and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Which is a better movie. Yes, yes. Farley was in the Chocolate Dude. Factory. Farley and the Chocolate Factory. That's, that sounds like Steve Rule's version of that movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm picturing Farley walking in and seeing the river of chocolate and just being like, oh my God. <laughs> and then he slips and falls in it. And like, you know, little, little angry David Spade is just like, yeah. ah, I can't live with him. <laughs> oh my God. I would watch God. the shit out of that movie. That's a better movie. Farley in the chocolate factory. <laughs> it's got to be factory. <laughs> they did a gag like that on The Simpsons once yeah. where they were watching uh, black exploitation theater on TV. Okay. And the commercial break was like, um, it was like, uh, oh yeah, it was like, we'll be back to Blackula after this, followed by Blackenstein and the Blunch Block of Bloater Blame. <laughs> It's the, you think there's gonna be some yeah. like deep joke? Nope, nope. Silly, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all it is. That's so good. And actually, interestingly enough, uh, that brings me. We'll we'll come back. To yeah, jo- we'll get to Donny Jep. Yeah. Um, Black Christmas. Yes. Was uh, initially Blismas. titled <laughs> Snake Pliskin. <laughs> Snake motherfucking plane Pliskin. Um, it, it was originally titled Silent Night, Evil Night, oh. because they were afraid that Black Christmas would suggest that it was a black exploitation crowd wow. oriented film. Yeah, and then that just didn't happen at all, so they changed it back. Wow, good. Yeah. I mean, good for that. that uh, <laughs> wow, that's wild. Yep, that's like. That's like almost as bad as making a joke like, hey, did you see that new Medea movie, Black Christmas? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Tyler Perry presents Black Christmas? Dude, when I was looking up Halloween right yeah. now on IMDb to get the year, it was yeah. 1978. Literally the first two responses were boo, a Medea Halloween, mm-hmm. and boo, a Medea Halloween 2. Yeah. But anyway, if Donnie Jepp yeah. had, to, uh, had to play this killer... We would have gotten a visual performance as well as it was just a piece of the poster. Oh. A visual performance as well as the audio one, and no matter how good it was done, good. No matter how well it was done, yes. Uh, which Johnny Depp could probably do it, you yeah. know, back back in the day. Yeah. Um, it would just be. It would be. There'd be a hokiness to it. Yeah. Whereas this is truly mad ranting. Yeah. The vocal performance is so mad. If there was a face to match it, it would it would become silly. It would be really silly, mm-hmm. I think, and. Uh, so, you know, I think it's like it's such an interesting choice not to show the killer's face. It really makes the 
just the ins- the high level of insanity that they've decided to have the killer play at mm-hmm. work. Because I think you're right, it would be a little silly to see it on screen. But I also to to so I think that that's where like to me this does seem very heavily based on what they knew about serial killers like at this time, which is that just like they often had issues with their mother and they you know because all mm-hmm. the all the double talk and stuff seems to be some sort of like that's typical son psycho. and mo- exactly yeah. psycho exactly it's like that very standard freudian psychopath stuff you mm-hmm. know um which is uh i think today would be also silly you know mm-hmm. I, I think if this were happening in a movie today even that would be silly it would be like reductive or something you know i remember when you were going through breaking bad there was yes. one thing that you took issue with that i always laughed at but it's a it's a valid issue yeah there's a part where he goes so crazy and he's freaking out that he just devolves into laughter oh yes yeah. i remember you were saying you're like yeah. that's just crazy and i was yeah. like yeah that's an old thing though that happens yeah. in yeah. things but you know whatever yeah and it, that is that of that same misunderstanding yes. of psychology. Exactly. Where it's yeah. Just, you know, mad. <laughs> I'm sorry. You yeah, know, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Now we have Tropic Thunder where Robert Downey Jr. Yes. has an identity breakdown. And it's silly yeah. using those methods. Exactly. Yeah. But there's a face to it. Yeah. By keeping it completely ambiguous. It serves multiple functions. One, yeah. we get just cool filmmaking of the yes. point of view shots. Yep. Two, it preserves the mystery for first time viewers totally. of who is the killer. Which yeah, because we don't the red herring out. works really well it in this movie. It would work well if you weren't already, yeah. you know, known. Um, you know, three, it does fuel that red herring, and four, mm-hmm. it paves over any sort of silliness issues yeah. with this bonkers performance. Totally. Which was mostly created in post. Yeah. You know, they they just had someone with, you know, wearing a camera. All of the voices dubbed over. You know, yeah. That you can create that and ramp it up. Totally makes sense to me, and that was how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kudos to the, the actresses, too, because they really, there's that one great long shot that is just uh, an extreme close-up on like one of the girl's faces, but then it pans to the left, and you get... Well, it's the first phone call. Yeah. And when the first phone call, they're kind of playing it on sort of speakerphone, we'll say. It's not on speakerphone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, you know. And Hark the Herald Angels Sing, yes, the choral version the is playing in the background. And as he's ranting and raving, calling them pig cunts, which yeah. was... Uh, Cunt was a word you didn't say in film, and this was one of the one of the first. So great work. Yeah, yeah. And uh, cut from the UK version. <laughs> Surprise! They call everyone like their best friend cunt and yeah. twat. You're right, kill them um, because they have they have yeah because they can say cunt and twat. Yeah, yeah. But cunt and twat sound yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, so our we, we our can't accents be are horrible. It doesn't work for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it goes between each of their faces as they react to the audio of this call. Yeah. They're all appalled, but each one has an ever so slightly different reaction. Yeah. And it's like. Oh my god, I know. And and the thing that's amazing about that is that the call was done in post. You know, like I'm sure they had somebody on set. Well the director just yelled things yeah. to them. But apparently from what I understand, they upped it in post what yeah. was being said. And so it's like kudos to them. The actresses are like really selling these phone mm-hmm. calls. And which allows for them to amp them up, like really make them crazy, and, and they post don't go and they big. still work, you know. If they did any like <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, that kind of thing, then yep. it wouldn't work. But the fact that it's all they're acting real. Yeah. Yep. They're like they're very unsettled by it. You mm. know what I mean? Like you you just watch how uncomfortable it makes them, as opposed to how terrified and you know it's like it just like unsettles them. They you know, man, I, this movie is fucking oh yeah stellar. I yeah there's <laughs> yeah it's a they do invoke so much Christmas imagery. Yes. Um, for different things. For example, the shot we just spoke about. Yeah. It has the Christmas music yep. in the background. 
um, the one that is played for laughs and then and then immediately for terror. Yeah, there is a scene where Jess is alone in the house, or Sunshine thinks, <laughs> and we already you know know that she's not. Yes, and a a chorus of children caroling comes to the door. Sure do, and it's at a moment where like shit is bad for her. Her boyfriend just threatened her about the abortion. Yep. She knows shit is going down. She doesn't know anyone's in the house. Right. But uh, sees the kids singing, so she opens the door just as a matter of propriety. Just let these kids sing. But it's a strange thing where she starts to sort of have like a moment of, man, it is Christmas, and Christmas yeah. is nice. Yeah. But it's also a, all right, hurry up, kids, because there's much more pressing yeah. things. And then the song comes to an end. No, it doesn't. And they yeah. they take a deep breath and start they just singing. Launch again, back you know? into it. And then it cuts away almost immediately yep. after that. So it's played for a punchline. Yes. But then at this moment, we start to get a point of view shot yep. of potentially the killer. Yeah. And uh, as it's getting closer and closer to her, uh, not closer and closer to her, sorry, it's getting closer and closer to the roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it starts to devolve into, I almost want to, I don't want to say a montage. It's almost like a music video yeah. where he is strangling and using a glass unicorn to stab yeah. the one lady intercut with much more cinematic shots of these kids singing. Yes. Invoking the Christmas tune. I think it was also Hark the Herald Angels. It might have been. As there's this beautifully shot, soft focus murder happening. That is one of, it's the best sequence in the movie probably. Oh, without a doubt. The editing in that is so incredible. But it perfectly shows Jess is in the middle of it. Olivia Hussey is in the middle of it, torn between, I mean, unbeknownst to her outside where Christmas is, is safe. Yeah. But uh, she's feeling the opposite, yes. and then inside there's murder, and she's yeah. just stuck in the middle of this beautifully toned moment with humor and horror. It's oh. it, it's so good. Uh, it's and it's like one of those things where this movie does not have graphic kills. Um, it seems maybe possibly just because of budget, right? Like a lot of them kind of take place off camera, but it very I think all of them pretty much do. pretty much. Yeah, but they very craftily. You know, there's the one with the house mother where it like sort of happens on camera but they very craftily cut around to different angles so we see what's happening without having we to never see, see the, the full impact. Yeah, exactly. We never see the point of yep. stab or the point of yep. collision. The closest thing we get is the plastic bag suffocation. Yes. But even that is from inside of inside a plastic of bag, the bag, so it ends up getting so like soft focusy on yep. it. It's, and so this, this particular murder just plays out basically in a series of extreme close-ups on the object that he's going to murder her with, on her face... On Jess's face reacting to the carolers, on the carolers' faces, and it's just kind of not rapid, rapid, but it's like quickly edited between all of these like extreme close-ups. Mm. It is so good. It, I I was like so impressed by that. I, it's definitely the best sequence in this movie. I oh, think. without like, a doubt, it, it is so good. It's the thesis of the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a visual form, yep. but it's just a just a bang up job. It's so being good. a movie, movie, yeah. and using cinema to do it, and it's also if. You know, no one would ever not say it's a Christmas movie because it is Black Christmas. Yes. But like that is your evidence right there yes. in that scene is it uses Christmas for warmth, comedy, yep. and horror yep. within about 40 seconds. Yeah, and I mean... Pretty incredible. There's Christmas all over this movie. There's oh, yeah. gift giving in the beginning. I don't think anyone argues against yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is definitively a Christmas movie. Uh, I don't like the notion that you can just go, well, it's a horror movie set on Christmas, so it's not a Christmas movie. Mm. No, it, it's a it's a... It's a Christmas movie. All uh, the only thing there, there, I have two bullet points that need to be fulfilled for something to be a Christmas yeah. movie is: does it have Christmas things in it? Yeah. And do you like to watch it around Christmas? Yeah. That's all it takes. Yep. You know. Yeah, and it, you know, for me, it's like I, this is going to sound uh, a little like privilegey, I think, but like 
I have a pretty good family. I like spending the holidays with my family. I get all of that like joy and tide and good mm-hmm. spirits that I think people watch certain Christmas movies for out of my actual family that I spend time with. I mm-hmm. much prefer something like Black Christmas, like more genre-y Christmas What's movies. It's the kind of movie I watch anyway. Exactly. I, yeah. I would watch Black Christmas, not at Christmas time. Exactly. But I like to watch it during Christmas yeah, time. Exa- you know. Yeah, it brings a little holiday I'm not flavor. I'm going to watch Four Christmases outside of right. Christmas time. But I might watch it at Christmas time. I'm not above that. Yeah, right. It, yeah. it brings a little holiday flavor to stuff I already like, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to watch around the holidays. Um, anyway, that was a uh, bit of a, uh, oh. a meandering thought. No, it's but, all good. Yeah. Well, the Christmas music is the only music that is actually musicy in mm-hmm. this. This is a the score is great, crazy. I, I want to look up the guy who did it because it was Please. a name. Um, the composer is Carl Zittrer. Okay. Who did Moonstruck? Don't Hell be yeah. a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Thank you for saying the Selena, whole title. Of course, New Jack City, P- Porky's too. Hell yeah, Porky's. It's like. He's done some stuff. Oh yeah, um, but here it's less music. No, yeah, and it's, more of metal kinda, objects being dragged across string instruments. It, it's very impressionist. I, I would say it's. Mm-hmm. It, um, he. It, it's really interesting because the the movie opens on a Christmas Carol. I think Hark the. Hero. I don't remember which one. I think it was Hark the. Hero. I mean, that is you know. Angels are typically depicted as innocent women yeah. that are at the doorway to that's your That's true. Yeah, that know? makes so sense. Like they're, I think that that's a purposeful thing here, given you know just what they're just. That they're totally exploring. makes sense. So yeah, it opens on that carol, and then the rest of the music, like that carol, fades into like a very weird version of itself by the end of the opening scene. Mm-hmm. It gets like kind of warped and sounds strange, and then like the rest of the score is these kind of like. They're not actual Christmas carols, but they sound like warped Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, it, it's, it's it probably plays in whatever key it is. Yeah. Because I was looking for the trivia where he said that the score was he tied forks, combs, and knives to the strings of his piano so the sound would warp as he struck the keys. Yep. So he would, and then he would distort the sound further by recording with, uh, like, putting pressure on the audio tape yes. so that it would record slower. Yep. So he probably did. Play Christmas tunes and yeah. just did that to it because it is Christmas. It do, it has a very Christmas sound to it, but it's distorted and fucked and weird. It and sounds like when you drink too much at Christmas and yeah. carols are playing and you're starting to pass out. Like Barb. What it sounds like there. Yes, like Barb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yo, she is so <laughs> good in this movie. Margot Kidder is a... It's 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 a shame about her mental state because she, uh, she crushes this. She is so good and in this. And she's a great Lois Lane. Yeah. And I farted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she is... Uh, I loved her in this. And I, you know, it's almost regrettable that this movie is about a bunch of young girls that die only because I like all of them so much. I'm, mm. I'm every time one of them dies, I'm like, oh man, I wanted to spend more of the movie with her. Well, and it's they, they fit like Barb fits the trope that's standardly in horror yeah. of the slut, right? She doesn't do anything in the movie no. of, mm-hmm. of anything explicit, but she's always double fisting. Yep. She's the one that smokes, she's yep. the one that will speak, uh, se- with sexual frankness, yes, to anybody. Yep. Um, you know, and she's just, you know, being funny, but she's obviously got some issues in terms of, yeah, she's not going anywhere for Christmas. Yeah. She's obviously haunted by something. Yeah. So it's, it's that trope, but made deeper. Yeah. And then amongst this sea of female characters, 
they all, I don't want to say they have a trope, but they all have sort of a different thing about them yeah. that is typically depicted as tropiness. Yeah. But in here, it's just, oh, look, like, lo and behold, you can put seven women in front of a camera and actually have seven different characters. <laughs> right. As opposed to just the woman. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. In, in a slasher, that's what you get. You yeah. get the innocent woman, the slutty woman, yeah. and every once in a while, you get the, the crafty dyke. Right. Is the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you know, pardon the language. I, yeah, but yeah, I know you weren't trying to be crass. Yes. You were, yeah. That's the brand that's going for where... Yeah. You know, those aren't people. Those are yeah. cartoons. These are actual people to a yes. degree that I, is not often seen in the genre. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Like, I don't even think to a degree. That is, I, I think... Well, some of them, what I mean is some of them don't last long enough. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yes. But even the like the first girl who dies is the quote-unquote version. So yes. There's already, I don't want to say a subversion of something that it predates, but right. the fact that this didn't immediately go to where every horror movie seems to go almost by nature. Yeah. And she's the first one to die. She's the first one to die. Yep. And she's she's the first one. Usually the virgin stays alive and then dies when they're impure. Right. What leads to her death is the fact that she is trying to leave this impure area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she's so offended by Barb's behavior yep. that she's going to get a, an early move on packing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so good. So good right Yeah, you're right. He's, he's like pre-subverting tropes. Yeah. That's crazy. But, well, because when you think about it, if I sat down to watch a movie, I would have to mentally make a note not to fall into the trap of the virgin, the slut, and yeah. and, and the crafty. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I would have it, it. Wouldn't my nature will automatically write it that way, which yeah. is you know why we always want diverse writing rooms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This whoever nature would bring you to that. So I feel like it must have taken work to. That's why I think it's okay to call it a subversion. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a subversion of intent, and this was written by a man. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, mostly rewritten. Uh, by Bob Clark, also a man. Yep. I would have to believe that they made some sort of concerted effort for this to be about that. I would think so. Because you you would end up just falling in. I don't it. think that abortion subplot is like... Yeah, that's not it, a throwaway. Yeah, yeah that's not that's there <laughs> just because that was like, oh, what are people talking Especially about? in the 70s. When yeah. That was, yeah, it's not as... Yeah, what's, what's, the, what's the water cooler to talk this week? Let's put it in our movie, you know? Uh, that that seems very. It, it seems like it's the got intent of the movie. Yeah. I mean, by the time Good you get point. by the time you get to the end of the movie, you literally you could call this movie like gaslighting the movie. Yeah, right. Because like by the end, she murders her boyfriend who is not involved with. Like she murders him because she thinks he might be the killer. You know what I mean? And everyone else believes it. Yep. Everyone else is on it just because yep. the way it all fell together. She's been driven to murder someone Let's she cares honest, about. Though. He probably didn't deserve to get die, but that guy was no good. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, you, can do, you can do better than that. Yeah, Jess. <laughs> uh, th- that is not meant to be a, a, a forgiveness of him and no, his behavior. No, no, no. Uh, it's just like you know, she is driven to kill someone she cares about uh, by by an insane man, but you know, by by a man nonetheless who who is torturing her, who is thirty eight playing a nineteen year old man. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Kier D'Elia, yeah, star of uh, two thousand one, and I, that blew my mind that uh, Andrea Martin was in this. Yeah. Um, comedian, yeah, you pointed that actress. out. I didn't even recognize her. What's weird is I'm looking at the IMDb all day, and it, I'm just reading trivia and stuff, doing that kind of thing. It never occurred to me even look at the cast because I yeah. just figured they were a bunch of actresses that that aged out of Hollywood. Uh, yep. Lo and behold, yep. and uh, you know, then it's a- watching. I'm like, she looks so familiar. Looking up, it's Andrea Martin of my Big Fat Greek Wedding <laughs> Two, <laughs> Return of the Big Fat Greek Wedding <laughs> Two. The um yeah, but like she's she was a stand up, she was a, yeah. a Broadway girl, she's an act, she was like a legit somebody, and in this she plays um 
the the closest thing we have to the crafty so and so. Yeah, she's like more like maybe we could just say like the nerd or something. Yeah, like she's, that. The, she's well, you know. I will say this, and I I wonder if you noticed too, or if I was just projecting something yeah. onto it. But it's the first time I noticed this when uh, Mr. Harrison is first in the house. Yeah, and Barb is very drunk. Oh yeah, and very aggressive. And uh, you guys never come out and say what you want to say yeah. and all that. At first. Andrea Martin's character is making like making eyes at her. Yeah. And I couldn't read if there was anything more than just, man, this girl's crazy and this yeah. is entertaining. But I don't know. It, it seemed a little bit lusty. Oh, interesting. Uh, whether that was purposeful, whether yeah. it was something, it seemed like that. And then when she comes down hard, it almost seems like a like a like a condemnation of, you know, I let that go because I and she go to oh, bed, yeah, you're yeah, drunk, yeah. you know. I, I read that a little more. So the way I read that scene, to, uh, and I don't disagree with that necessarily, but with like, it was really funny watching Mr. Harrison be in the foreground. Clearly, like this is the fucking house my daughter lives in yeah. with her, and like, and the house mother is right behind him, who he's probably like, she fucking lets this shit go on, you know. And the whole time, the house mother is like grinning, like she's just like, yeah, go ahead, Barb, you know, because yeah, she Barb. already doesn't like Mr. Harrison, kind of, yeah. you know. And she's like, yeah, go ahead, Barb. You're allowed to be well, drunk. She's also You're allowed been to... caught saying dirty things yeah. in front of Mr. Harrison right. when she's talking about, like, when she's yelling at the cat and yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, yeah, go get it, Barb. And I, that was kind of how I read, and I wish I knew that other character's name, but I, I don't. Um, that was kind of how I read that other character's reaction, too, was at first she was like, yeah, Phil. fuck. Yes, Phil. Show this man that it, we're women and it's okay for us to talk like yeah, this. Exactly, we could, exactly. You know, we could be drunk and that's, you know, only to then be like, Motherfucker, you are act, you're like drunk. Yeah, you you, you kind of like, blew it. Yeah, yeah, you you need to fucking step off. You yeah, know? it went from yeah, it, it got to the because that's how everyone gets when it's the all right. Now you're making me look bad. Yeah, exactly. Get out of here. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like that. That was a little more how I read that. But Fair I, enough. I, I could I can see what you're saying. It was only in a split second yeah. where when she was looking at her and like I said, I could have just been right. Yeah, yeah. Putting my brain in it. Yeah, but yeah. The way that she looked at her, I was like, she's like into this. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is like. Part of it is like I'm into this. Yeah, you know, yeah. like Margot Kidder's oh, beautiful, she, yeah. and she's being very funny. Yeah. And at the exact moment where she stops being funny, you yes. do go on that same yeah, journey you're, as you're Phil, right where you're like, yeah, get her out of there, because yeah. because yep. yeah, Mr. Harrison's not gonna, dude, he's gonna pull some funding away. Yeah, it, that's the thing. This movie is so it really is a character drama. Like if you strip away the horror elements of it, this is just like a really good character drama. That draws a lot of, I think, pretty good three-dimensional characters and juggles so many of them without it ever feeling like people are getting short shrift or we don't understand enough about this person. We know what every single one of these people wants the mm -hmm. whole time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, and that really makes this movie work, I think. I just, I know who each of these people are. I know what they want. I, like, I really, I really like this. I, I like, way more than I, like, I remembered loving this. I feel like this just like it got to the point where by the end of it I was like, do I like this more than Halloween? Because Halloween is like my favorite. Oh yeah, and I maybe like this better. I think I do, and I I don't feel any sort of guilt saying because Halloween's a perfect film. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. This just and it's the classy slasher. Yeah, it predates all of the Jasons and yep. Freddies, yep. and it does it better because it doesn't. It's not leaning into the excess of it. Yeah. it's trying to be a thriller first. Yeah. The slasher connotation, I think, comes after the fact because yeah. of the slashers that yes. it helped inspire. So I think that is trying to be a thriller. Yeah. Whereas this one's trying to be more of like a suspenseful drama. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the thing's better than Halloween. So I have no problem yeah, saying Black Christmas is better than yeah. Halloween. You know, but 
Only a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, I really do. It just I, has an artfulness to it. Yeah. That, that it feels ever so slightly more on the brand of what a movie movie is. Yes, I agree. Um, than, than Halloween does. I agree. This is a little more active, I think, mm-hmm. like from a filmmaking uh, point of view. Uh, and I just, I don't, and I love the characters in Halloween, but I kind of have like come to love the characters in Halloween, mm-hmm. having seen it a lot over the years. I feel like they pop off the screen in this movie. Like I know who these women are. I know who all these men are. Uh, their interactions are like endlessly fascinating to me. And I, I like, I want to punch some of them at different times. And you know Here what I mean? It's just like plays such a fucking prick. prick, yeah. prick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A prick, 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 prick. Yeah. And it's and it's so funny because he always just plays like like dreamy blue eyed hunk. Right. Um, you know he's two thousand one, but yep. yeah, in this he's just such a yeah. He's like a monster. Oh yeah, it's, it's that scene yeah. where he's destroying the piano is like it's like oh I, I can see why now I remember why the first time I saw this why I thought he was the killer because mm-hmm. they I mean he they just give you a bunch of reasons to think he's the killer because he does some mad shit throughout this and it's it's. Once again, it doesn't feel the way that horror feels now where you'd be watching it and almost expecting a red herring right. or a commentary on the red right. herring. It's He becomes a red herring naturally. Yeah. Because the drama being told, if this didn't have people dying, that could still be an element yes. in a relationship drama. Yeah. There's just people getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I don't even know how to like describe it because it is just kind of a perfect marriage between... These genre elements from horror that I that I really like and I think are done very artfully here, and like a much more just kind of like classy drama picture. I don't know. It like mm-hmm. marries those two things together in a way that I think very few horror movies that I've seen and like do. You know, and a lot of and this is what Black Christmas and Halloween do successfully is because they are. You're not waiting for the next kill. No. Like, I love Jason movies. Like I love oh, yeah. all slashers, but Jason movies to me are one hundred percent about getting laughs in between the moments where you get kills. They're carnival rides. They're carnival rides. That I'm not there to care about the characters, yeah. and when they try to make me care, they do it in a hokey way that's funny and enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know the whole uh, psychologist. Uh, oh my the, god! The girl who can, from seven, you know, use the uh, what's yeah, it? Yeah, uh, telekinesis. Telekinesis. I was yeah. ESP. The telekinesis. Telekinetic girl. They try to go real with that, and it's yeah. just. I think you were the one to point out how it's just like it's in garbage. Tasteless, it's like. It's it's also it's so much fun, but yeah. that's just a vehicle for which to bring me more kills. Yes. Whereas this, it's it's almost the opposite. The yeah. kills we don't see them; we just know they happen. But they're the vehicle to kind of make this drama more taut. Yeah, it's, definitely it's awesome. Because like I legitimately don't want them to die in this movie. Yeah. You know, Jason movie. I get excited to watch the campers oh, yeah. get killed off. You bet who's gonna go first, yeah. and you always win. And you, yeah, because I don't give a flying fuck about any of them. Mm. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they want. I, I love care. Tommy Jarvis. I do not give a fuck. About about Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, exactly. And it's, neither do they. No, the yeah, it's a, exactly, yeah. And I care about Jess because I want her to, one, survive. Yeah. I want her to kind of get out of this shitty relationship, yes. go get cleaned up, yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, even uh, even Barb, who is, like, you know, the quote-unquote shitty one of the group, who mm-hmm. is mean to Claire in the beginning and stuff. It's like, by the time we see her have that breakdown while she's drunk and she's like, "I, you all judge me, and it's like, Oh my God, she's like an alcoholic. She didn't go home for Christmas, so this alcoholism is is born of something, some trauma somewhere that she's not dealing. Like, she she needs help. I want her to like get better. I want you know what I mean. It's like it. I I like care about these characters, and I don't want them to die. I don't have any of that bloodlust that we that I enjoy having in things like Friday the Thirteenth. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and I think you know that 
elevates this like way above the slasher genre that it gets kind of like lumped in with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, not I a single well, not a single one of them is is like a red shirt. Right. Where like you know they're there to die. Yeah. You know, you you know that they're, you know, they're not your main character. Whereas this like anyone of course we know who the main character is, but yeah. any one of them could, you know, could be it. Yeah, yeah. So question to ask you. Yeah, please. Is Jess dead at the end? Oh, good question. Well, what do you mean? Like when she's on the bed? Well, she's on the bed. Yeah. They leave her in the house alone. Yeah. And then he's upstairs going. Oh, you mean like, does he kill her? Does he kill her? Yeah. Because he kills. uh, Every time he kills, he then calls. Oh, right. The very last thing in the movie is is a phone phone ringing. And she's not answering because it's still ringing. The cops no longer have a reason to answer that phone. Right. I mean, I'm assuming he's probably looking at the cops. That's a really good call. I don't know. But I think. I mean, of course, I think it's meant to be ambiguous. Uh, well, you know? certainly the intent of the ending is they didn't fucking solve this crime. Mm-hmm. This is going to keep happening, and the scariest thing is that they just leave Jess in a bed mm-hmm. and walk away. They're so confident that they yeah. did it. All these dudes are confident that they yep. solved the problem, yep. and the problem is you know right under their noses. Yeah, yep. above um, their noses. Another thing that's ambiguous is... Was it just one killer? Yeah, I was thinking about that actually because there is the voices do overlap. There's sometimes. some double speak, and there's one. There was one part in particular where the double speak was so fast with such distinct voices mm-hmm. that I was like, "Well, a for sure that was not actually one person doing yeah, that. That yeah. was like you know, as far as making the movie, that was multiple voices. But b if it were real, I, I don't know that that's humanly possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?" So was it? Multiple I'd buy people? it for the movie. If yeah. Oh yeah. What, a thousand percent. But I think it's another thing that is meant to be totally. sort of ambiguous yeah. because it also could be argued one of them could have run out there and killed a girl in the woods, thirteen-year-old girl. Totally. Get the heat off the house, then they can get in. Uh, you know, like that kind of thing. I was thinking the whole time that this dead thirteen-year-old. It seems too coincidental for that to be some other random murder that has nothing to do with mm-hmm. whoever's killing people in this house. Mm-hmm. Whether that means there's more than one person, whether that means that 13 year old has been dead, like was the first death, and then they, and then when the movie opens and we see him climbing the lattice mm-hmm. into the house, that's him running from his first murder to hide somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you that know, would fit. Yeah, you know, um, I but don't know. There's no answer. I don't it's know. Ambiguous. Yeah, I have no idea. Could be. And then the other one, and I read this somewhere. I don't know if I believe this, yeah. but it it could be. I guess it could be uh, construed as by the time that the cops are all involved, yes, the only person who who is there to tell them the story is Jess. Ah, you know, and so then the question is: all of these moments where she's with all these other women and you know playing them the phone, maybe that just didn't happen, right? And maybe she's just nuts. And what oh, we see at the end is you know maybe she was just killing everyone in the house, yeah. and the only people who got to live to talk about it were her. Because for sure we know that she killed one of them. That last you know Pete mm-hmm. Peter. Uh, Peter, yeah, Peter, uh, for sure. She killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's interesting. You know, and it could be like a Baba Duke thing where it's like maybe she's so broken about this potential abortion, yeah. That there's now, of course, this this undercuts every ounce. I was going to say the politics. only thing I don't like about that is the way yeah. it undercuts those thematics. Well, and I really don't think this is the case. I don't but either, it's but it's really interesting. It's so ambiguous yeah. that I don't, I, I don't think there's any credence to right. it. But it could be argued. You could totally yeah. argue that. You could definitely bring, I think, some like weight to that argument if you mm. if you really thought about it and laid it out. Yeah, it's really interesting. But I, I mean, that is one. I think. I mean, do you think? Do you even think a movie would get made like this today, where you never reveal who is the killer? Um, I mean, I. I guess it follows is not a fair thing, but it follows. It right. ends on True. a non-ending that's ambiguous. True. And 
of all the things in that movie that rubbed people the wrong way, that was you know that yeah. was the one yeah. that, that was the deal breaker. Yeah, um, turned out to be. I guess I speak for both of us. My favorite thing That's about exactly it, exactly the you know, thing I love about it's it. It's the best yeah. thing about it. Yeah. But you know, so I could see that being yeah. a little bit off, but because it feels like the kind of thing that a stu- a studio today would be like, they want to reveal we, we, the, this. This is not an ending. Mm-hmm. This needs an ending. You can't let people walk out of the theater asking questions. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Because we don't believe people can think. So yeah, don't don't we let don't them. That. Don't make them. You got to end it, and then we yeah. can retcon it for yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean. It, I because the, I think I the could say Get Out is sort of a non-ending, but they do resolve the problem. I, but yeah, it's very clear that you know when when the hammer falls, it's not yeah, it's yeah. not going to go his way. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And I think that's part of the commentary yes, of the movie. Definitely. But do you know? Apparently, still, there's a, an alternate ending to that movie where that's exactly what happens. Oh yeah, that I, I, the whole time I thought he was going to get shot. That's by what his I thought cops, too. I, which. Uh, to me, I think is more effective because yes. after the movie, I was like, "Wow, I actually thought right. that." Yeah, I expected it. Yeah. Me, apparently, some, surface white. apparently that was like the one note he took. Basically, mm. was like he made the movie, and the ending was cops show up, they see him basically murdering a white woman, and I, I don't. They either kill the shit out of him or arrest yeah, him. I forget or it's which. Done. Yeah. Uh, and and somebody was like, "That's rough. That's like really hard to watch after all of that. That like he just gets punished for it. You might want to think about like not punishing him for it." But I think, and so I think what ultimately makes that decision like the better decision that he doesn't punish him for it is that you and I got to watch it and go like, he's going to get fucking punished yeah. for this and that's wrong. You and know? we learned the lesson that probably wouldn't have been learned so hard with right. that original ending. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. I, I think that, which is so fascinating. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I just love that story about that movie. Sorry to You know he's doing that. Twilight Zone, right? Yeah, dude. I'm really excited. Yeah. Someone tweeted, and I think this is spot on. Yeah. Lance Reddick needs to be the narrator. Whoa! Yeah, he needs to be Rod Serling. Oh, I like that a because lot. He can do that same. I'm your friend, but dude, you know, don't trust me. I like me. that a lot. But I would imagine that if it was a Jordan Peele led sort yeah. of Twilight Zone yeah. thing, there would be sort of an urban edge to it. And yeah. I think that, he, like, I mean, I'm. I think I'm more excited for that show than any show yeah. coming yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, that's. And that would be perfect. I think even devoid of the context of a black guy making the show who might cast more black people, Lance oh, Reddick is just a good fucking choice for that. He's a good choice for yeah. that. He's he's the perfect choice. Yeah. When they rebooted it in, I guess it was the early 2000s, it was Forrest Whitaker. Oh, which oh, that's it's a good choice, yeah. but Lance Reddick is a better yes, choice. Yeah. He has the exact same He's got thing. the Sterling thing. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Whitaker does Whitaker's his own thing. He works know? the eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But yeah, Reddick, Reddick would be awesome for that. And if if a script like Get Out could have easily been a Twilight Zone. It's totally. like that type of yeah. script. You it's, know? I mean, it's social commentary is is a lot of what Twilight Zone is. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I mean, that is a great marriage, it I think. It makes you think. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to take us on that diet. Oh, no, I no. Just, I, yeah. I mean, it's worth it. I, yeah. I was making the bet today. I think that Best Picture is going to come down to No Lie, The Florida Project, and Get Out. I'm getting that impression as well. If Get Out wins Best Picture, not only does that... You know, and I, I don't think it necessarily should between those two because yeah. I think it, it does show signs of being a first-time film. Yeah. But how few of those it shows is mind-boggling. Yes. Like it's, it's almost yeah. perfect. But that means that Blumhouse Productions would have an Oscar. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. Yeah. That is awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. And it, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't, it's not that I don't think Get Out is not deserving of a best picture. Oh, if it wins, I'm in. And I think it's a pretty great represent. Like at this point, it I almost, want it to win best script. It almost seems like it would win best picture just because it seems like such a great encapsulation of 2017, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but 
I think that all it does is show that Peel is somebody we really are going to need to keep our eyes on and probably has many better pictures in his future. Oh, yeah. uh, so to me, it makes sense to not necessarily give it to Get Out because I, I, to me, I see the promise of like even better oh, films so much from more. him. You know. That said, if it wins, oh. then the budget for his next awesome uh, film just y- tripled. Dude, I know. I'm fucking in all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I will be so pleased if that wins. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Dunkirk sweeps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy if just something like Bonkers won? Yeah. They're like, you know, you know, the nominees, and they're like, yeah. we have Get Out. Everyone's like, oh, and like, yeah. Triple X, Return yeah. of Xander. Could, whoa. <laughs> like, Donnie Yen wins Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. The snowman I mean, gets, like, Best Script. <laughs> imagine if somehow <laughs> the snowman fucking swept. Yeah. yeah. Sweat. Oh, that'd be amazing. So funny. All right, here's an here's an image that yes. was popping up in my head, and I don't know if this is me trying to make more of what's going on in the movie or if there's a layer here. But okay. this is a movie about a woman who wants an abortion. Yep. She has a foreign object inside of her that yep. she sees as. I, I mean, I guess you call it a threat to just her her, her, her future her future yep. and to her agency, and wants to get it removed. Yeah. At the same time, there is this house that is literally impregnated with a monster that they need to get, you know, to get out of there. Yeah. And I just wonder if that was layered. Oh, that's on really interesting. Yeah. And at the end of it, what's crazy is she kills the guy who helped her create this monster that's yeah. in her. She kills the guy that both she and the cops believe to be the guy that is the monster inside the house. But at the end of the credits, both of those monsters are still there. Still, yeah. She's yeah. still got the baby. Yep. But I, you know, I, mean, I, I would presume that she's going to get rid of it. Right. Um. But yeah, she got rid of the cause of it, but still has the the symptom. Yeah, you know, got rid of what they thought was this monster, and the symptom the, is still there. The tumor is still in the yeah, house. Yeah. You know, that's that's pretty interesting. You know, I, yeah, that I did hit not me think this about time, that. and I was like, yeah. I wonder, even if just on the level of the idea of horror inside. Yeah, you know. Every horror movie, we mock for them staying inside when they should be running out. Yeah. And this one, we have one where they don't know they should be running right. out. They're staying inside because they're supposed to stay inside. Yeah. And so horror coming from within is terrifying. It's what makes the the calls coming from inside yeah. the house such an iconic thing that's been used in a bunch of movies. Yeah. Now. It's what makes body horror so... Uh, totally. They said with Alien, uh, Dan O'Bannon, when he wrote that, he said he wanted to make a movie that made guys scared of pregnancy. Right, yeah. And, yo, mission fucking accomplished <laughs> yeah. through and through. And so I think there is something to be said about the idea of just you can't put a shield up against the horror because it's actually inside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually really like that read on it. I did not think about that at all. It, I mean, I've seen this five or six times. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time it popped in. But yeah, that that is a really interesting read on it. That the house is is pregnant with its own evil. It's you got to, you know. Yeah. And And that's the thing is that all of the like. Uh, Peter, his character, is like, no, don't get rid of the baby. Here's what we'll do. We'll facilitate right. this. Yeah. You're going to marry me. Yeah. We'll raise this thing. Yeah. I'll give up, and that's what we'll do. Yeah. And, you know, and it's a Band-Aid to, you know, a problem that, you know, and so then same thing. We get this whole town that's like, all right, all right. We'll we'll team up. We'll search for all the bodies. We'll find out who did it, and we'll get them. Oh, that guy fits the profile. He's dead. Yep. Problem solved. Problem solved. And it's like, no, you actually didn't solve yeah. the problem. You yeah. didn't go in and abort the killers right right right. that's a a tactless way to say it but you didn't go in and actually take care of the issue right and so the fact that you know we're all looking at initially we're looking at peter's solution and going no fuck you yeah you don't get to make that decision yeah that's not yours to make when we reach what looks to be the end the town sees that as our plan worked right and it's like no actually your plan was just as stupid yeah you know you may not have known but 
you know, you gave up certain clues because of your arrogance. They yep. ignored the second line um, just because oh, he's not calling on that one. Yeah. yeah, he's calling from that one. You know. Like, yeah. So there, there is a little bit of that egotistical. Hey, lady. Hey, hey, hey calm down, birds. <laughs> Let us fix it. Yeah. I know what's best for you. And yep. it's like they told her what was best with their house and they were dead wrong. Totally wrong. Yeah. That, oh, man. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. It's good but shit. Like, this is really good. I was going to say, you got anything else on the movie? Um, let's see. I had the black exploitation note. I had the cunt note. I had the, the <laughs> first, the first uh, holiday horror. There was a couple other like interesting trivia things. Uh, actually, Doug McGrath, the actor who played Nash, yes. was in the Twilight Zone movie. Oh, no shit. And he played Larry in one of the segments. All right. He was in Pale Rider, The Outlaw, Josie Wales. Oh, He's Western been in, guy, yeah. Some stuff. He's 82. 82. Um, let's see what this what the screenwriter wrote because it's such a strong. Yeah, I would be curious. Wait, no way. Uh, I'd see it doesn't say what he's credited as on the remake of Black Christmas, which was written by Glenn Morgan. I don't know. Why I say Glenn Wong. Wasn't there someone with an Asian name that was know. doing the the? Uh... But yeah, Glenn Morgan. What did he do? He did the Final Destination. Who am I thinking of? James Wong. I mixed the names. Yeah, yeah. There we go. But um, yeah. So he has a script credit on the Black Christmas remake, Black Xmas. But no, he hasn't really done much, huh? Really at all. The Last Chase and Real R I E L. I don't know that one. The Adventures of Timothy Pilgrim. Timothy Pilgrim. Yeah, it's a TV show. Huh. So yeah, he just struck gold. It's it is a fucking fantastic script. I mean, maybe it was um, you know, the director's pass at it that got it as tight as it is, but it's a good fucking it's a great premise for a movie. It, yeah. They also had what was the other thing? Oh yeah, when NBC showed the film during prime time under the title Stranger in the House. Okay. Midway through broadcast it was pulled. Whoa. Too scary. Whoa. Elvis's favorite Christmas movie. His family would watch it every Christmas with him, and they still do to keep the tradition alive. Oh my god! Um, and apparently, the the murders were much more graphic and slasher oriented in the original script, and the director toned it down. But then Roy Moore, who wrote it, not that one, yeah. Roy Moore, yeah. who wrote it, was like, "No, this, this is good. Yeah, 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 good work. That's cool." Um, it's so interesting that this is the same director as A Christmas Story. It almost makes me want to watch it just to like really pay attention to the direction of it, but I just can't. I couldn't stand it. I've seen it too, too many times, and I will see a little bit of it this year because like we we do our family like gift exchange and stuff at my sister's house. Yep. So it'll just be fucking it, on TV on. in the background. Yeah. So you know, yeah. If I get the gift I want, I'll be looking at something else. But we'll sure see. will, buddy. We'll see. Um, what else? Like this, despite its ominous themes and plot, Olivia Hussey reassured that the set was a very light and happy place between <laughs> takes. Everyone got along. She did admit that Margot Kidder was rather distant. <laughs> oh yeah, so Lieutenant Fuller, that yes. is. Uh, oh, that's uh, John uh, Saxon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be played by Edmund O'Brien. I don't know. Um, I'm going to show you his face, but he was very sick at the time. And the producer was friends with John Saxon. Was like, "Can you just come in and do this?" And he was he's like, perfect. Yeah, for man, this I'm role. a perfect gentleman. Yeah. Uh, Edmund O'Brien was in the Wild Bunch, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. He's okay. this guy. Oh, that guy. You know that yeah. face. Yes, I yeah. do. So there you go. His headshot has a cigar in it. <laughs> those guys. 
And then uh, the other thing was the other trick. Eh, whatever. Word. So, uh, oh, we got to talk about we got to talk about uh, uh, Lieutenant Fuller's partner. Oh my God! The he dude has, that, his intro scene yeah. has no lines, no dialogue. Uh, what happens is is Barb in giving the phone number of the uh, I almost said frat house of the sorority house yes. is uh, I don't even know if it's a sorority house. I think it's like a girls' home. Yeah, you I know, don't know. Like yeah, like you're right. action. No, no, it is a sorority because it's, remember, oh, yeah, Mr. Harrison says yeah, she's when in he a runs sorority. Into that guy yeah, who gives him lip and then yeah. they become best friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're uh, so sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll help you out. Yeah. Uh, so it is a sorority house. And um, oh yeah, and so Barb gives the gives Nash the bumbling desk jockey cop the phone number, yeah. and gives him the extension of FE for fellatio, yeah. and he cluelessly writes it down. And so when Lieutenant Fuller is uh, sort of asking Nash, like, "Hey, what were you getting at here with yeah. this fellatio thing?" Just kind of knowingly yeah. <laughs> barbing him, <Yeah. laughs> his partner is in the background, fucking howling. He is laughing the entire time. It's but it's like. <laughs> It's, a, it's like a real. It's like a five minute scene. Yeah, like it's a pretty long scene, and he has no dialogue. But, but Saxon's he, keeping it professional oh, as yeah. best he can, and his his he's, his, his uh, Saxon's tight lipped, just like asking, clearly enjoying it. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's straight manning him. He's yeah. hey, what did you write down here, and why? What do you well, think it means? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With yeah. his partner in the background, just laugh, but like. <laughs> Like, Again, real it goes laughter. on for five minutes. So, like, he perfectly like builds it where he's like, <laughs> into full on, just like, oh, it's a like, full crescendo. Yeah. And then after it becomes clear that Nash does not understand what fellatio means, yes. he says something to the degree of like, oh, I I understand. It's something naughty, isn't yeah. it? Or like something. I and then he loses says, his the mind. Like, ah! Yeah, <laughs> like losing it. Wait, so is good. that the guy who, who does he die? Uh, no, that I don't believe that's who got us because I believe who. Oh yeah, the cop got. They say it's like, like there's a guy in the car that's watching them. Yeah, right. And, He's the one that dies. Yeah. Right, and we and we see Saxon and that other partner to be in the police station. I think simultaneous mm. to that car being out there. So I don't think that's supposed to be him. Was he the one that got shot in the ass with birdshot? I Ooh. think that was an officer too. But they both had that sort yeah. of just that guy look. No, yeah. I don't think it was because I don't he think was so made either. to not ever be in uniform. Yeah. He was always in the right. the sport jacket. And yeah, tie. he was like a detective. He or was something, the detective. Probably, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was what's crazy is it gave you the sense though, like I would watch a cop show that centered around Lieutenant Fuller, his kind of goofball partner, and Nash, yeah. get in here. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a, Nash is one of the best Kowalskis in oh, film history. Dude, I also love that like the it you know, his sort of final moment is his call to Jess being like, You gotta get out of the house. Like <laughs> yeah. just get out of the house. And and he is doing a good job of following Lieutenant Fuller's orders, which is don't act like something's wrong. Yeah. Just tell her to get out. If you screw this up, I'll, I'll kill, kill you. you. <laughs> so he starts by doing a really good job of yeah. just following his orders, being really calm. And that legitimately probably is what's best for Jess in that moment to like yeah. be kept calm but also be but like be told to get out, you know. And what a crazy thing though too is that here's a moment where we are now going just listen to the yes, dude. Yes, exactly. Don't ask for more information yeah. when really it's like, like for the whole one, movie's been arguing for yes. the fact of like, shut up, dude. If yeah. You need, she, you know, for once he's right. You should listen to him right yeah. now. It, I know that's the antithesis to this whole movie, but he's right. But it comes down to she just didn't quite know yet. Right. Oh, of course. And also, what she a, also disobeys. What a frightening thing to hear. Yeah. You know, like, and she says, like, what's wrong? Because she knows that's like, you don't get that call for no reason. Mm. That something is wrong. 
But I love that as soon as he realizes she's not listening to him, he just breaks. He does everything that Lieutenant Fuller told him yeah. not to do. He's like, okay, listen, he's in the house. He's in the house. You got to go. Because that was the first thing is don't tell her that yeah. he's in the house. Yep. Just tell her to get out. And he's like panicking. And, it, and But you realize it's not because he wants to save Jess's life. It's because he's trying to save his own life. He doesn't want to be killed by yeah, Lieutenant Fuller. Exactly. And yeah. like, he doesn't really care if she yeah. makes it out. It's clearly just because he doesn't want to get in so trouble. so funny. Yeah. It's just another power yeah. structure, yeah, how yeah. that works. It's so funny. I get the sense, though, that if Saxon was on the phone with her and yeah. he was like, listen, just oh, he would have done the same me. thing. Because, well, I, what I think because they've created a, like, a relationship where they actually trust each other That's and true, allow actually, each other, yeah. I'd be willing to bet... May, I, I think she'd be more interested in leaving, although yeah. I think her reason to stay wasn't necessarily bucking the trend so much as it was my friends asleep yes, up there. Yes, agreed. You know? And so... That's what that's what makes it cool is that it doesn't it doesn't end up subverting its own message by right. making Nash right. Yeah. Because he's not right. He's doing it for his own benefit, yep. like you said, very clearly. It actually makes her more heroic. And she's she's not yeah, it makes her more heroic because she she doesn't go, Oh no, he's wrong. He's not in right. here. She goes, Oh, he is right, but I can't no nope. I can't live with myself yeah, leaving exactly. my friend. Yeah. Yep. That's great. That's it's a great awesome. moment. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good moment. I mean, that is like the fact that this movie is playing to me like so heavily in these gender politics to have that kind of final it's not her final moment but that's sort of like that crescendo for Jess where she just decisively goes like no but the right thing to do is at least try and save them mm -hmm. you know like that is a heroic thing to me it reads as actually like a very um you know womanly like a like that is like the the movie's sort of like stake in like you know, men believe they are more powerful than women, but no man would stick around to save his buddy for that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That like this is a decision she is making that a man might not make. It's but, the maternal. I don't want to say maternal instinct, right. but I, that's what it's generally listed as. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. I, I really like that idea that it that it's like um, that it. I don't. I don't like defining it as femininity, but that's something about her femininity. Like that. That's what I think. It's a trait inherent to just you know. I mean, there's no denying our natures, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. You can, you can, you know, you can, you can tweak and, and label however you want. But I, I, my parents both love me equally, but the tender love and care is going to come from mom. <laughs> you know, the 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 tough love is going to come from dad. That's funny. My family is like the opposite. Yeah, but but I mean, that's the thing. Is like it's. This is a generalization. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. From my experience. Yeah, yeah. It's it that that's the only reason I was hesitant to like label it like that. But that the, ultimately, that's like mostly what my brain is trying to say yeah. is like it's it, conventional wisdom that we are always working to correctly buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's something about it. You know, it it is making a, a woman a hero here, which is awesome. Uh, but it's also, I think, kind of going like part of what is heroic about her is that she's a you know, it's mm -hmm. like it, you know, she's making this choice. Somewhat, I think that it somehow her her the the nature of her as a woman is related. I think to that choice, absolutely. Uh, and it allows a woman to be heroic, but also just kind of goes, no, it's because women just are heroic. You know, it's like it's it's pretty well, cool. She's also, if if I pull up the allegory again of just like the you know the the foreign object inside the body, yeah, this is her fucking house, right? This yeah. is her house. This yeah. is where she lives. Yeah. This is what her and her friends have 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 upkept for yeah. however long they've been there before this and yeah the cop can say this is how we're right. going to do it but if she needs to take care of business her way i mean it's it's her house yeah you know and i think it's just and she has the right to risk oh, yeah. getting stabbed to death to go save her friend yeah that's you know yeah no you know she's capable of her protecting herself if she wanted to yeah 
but she's made the choice. Oh, she makes to... a bunch of smart moves. She grabs that uh, that fire poker. Mm-hmm. She goes down into the basement, which you know I know now. Again, that's another one of those like don't go down into the basement. But it's like actually in the context of this movie, it's like that kind of makes sense. And yeah. it, it is a safe place for her to be at the moment. You know, she knows that door locks, and she's able to lock it. She's not Ooh, a woman that, that can't shot with figure the out. How to... Oh, dude! Apparently, that's another this great is in the shot. trivia, and of course, we're speaking with the dubious nature of IMDb yeah. trivia. But apparently, the director and the cinematographer and all these people, they just forget whose eye they put behind there. <laughs> so nobody really knows which male actor on set played yeah. the eye at yeah. that point. Yeah. But the one thing that everybody is in agreement on is that never once in the phone calls or in any sort of visual form did they have Peter, uh, yeah. Kira D'Elia, play the killer. Oh, good. That's cool, so yeah. never once did they do it yeah. because that preserves the ambiguity. Yep. So I don't know if they're just being coy to be spooky because that is a horrifying shot of the eye. Yes. Anybody who see that would be would be freaked out. It's a great. We don't shot. know who it is. Yeah, it's just an eye. It's so good. Oh yeah. You got anything else on Black Christmas? I think I'm. I'm. I'm uh, I think we pulled that apart yeah. more than it ever wanted to be. Yeah, uh, exactly. But fuck you. I fu- people should see it. For, if for some reason you listen to this whole thing and had never seen it, yeah, you I, could still enjoy. You it. You should see it immediately. It is so good. It it's is on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can watch it on YouTube. It is just there. Uh, not even to rent. It's just available and has been for like that. It's been up there for years. I don't know if anybody owns this movie. Like, I don't know what's going yeah. on with it. Because, like, I would like a high quality release of this. Because I, to me, it's it's pretty. I mean, it is like really well shot, mm-hmm. and I would imagine is actually like way better looking than we think it is if it were cleaned up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I still think it'll probably hold on to a little bit of its like super saturated oh, yeah. nature. The kind of because uh, that's another thing I guess we should talk about is. Uh, you mentioned how smartly, when he's freaking out up in the attic, yeah. they always have ambient sound to yes. explain why they wouldn't hear him. But throughout the whole movie, there's always sound, be it a clock ticking, yep. be it music, be it carolers, yep. be it anything. There's always some sort of sound so that it ends up being these moments where there's an absence of sound where it starts to get real tense. Yeah. But it also leads to that what I love about snow movies is they're cozy inside yeah. while there's you know stuff outside. But here, outside is preferable than yes. to what's going yeah, on inside. Yeah. And so, you know, there's just a certain comfort to hearing the heater going and all that, yeah. that this is trying to make into a discomfort with the sound. Yeah. And I think a lot of the fact that it kind of sounds, you know, reel to reel and layered, you can yeah. hear the clicks and stuff. I like that about it. I, I do, too. That adds to that cozy nature. I do, too. I like, uh, but yeah, I, I would be very interested to see somebody get a better release for this somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I people should fucking see this movie if they haven't. It is so good. It's so good. I love this movie, like unabashedly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, sorry. Let's do some Christmas favorites real yes. quick. So we 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 may have done this list before. I so feel like we've done this list before. If they end up being identical to the last one, I'm sorry. If they end up being different, don't don't at me. I don't <laughs> yeah, give a yeah. fuck. I don't okay? fucking care. We decided to do favorite Christmas favorite Christmas movies. movies. They are happy now. holidays. That's happy yeah. Holidays, that's, guys. that's what this is about. Just to get to talk about some Christmas classics, I'll hit you with my number five right off the bat: the Rankin Bass Rudolph the Rain Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer nice. Special. Nice. I fucking love those Rankin Bass animated movies. I watched them a ton growing up, and that's the one. Oh yeah, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is the one. I watched that one a lot growing up. It's so good. I didn't even consider that for my list. I love and, those movies. Uh, I really should. Which was the one with the heat miser? I believe that's Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I don't Reindeer. think that's Rudolph. I think it's. I mean, it might be. I think it is. Is it? I think Rudolph comes with them to the Island of Misfit Toys and stuff. Isn't that the whole thing? Maybe. They all bleed together. Yeah. I just remember one year 
a long, long time ago. Yeah. I was a very young child, and me and my sister were being babysat by my older cousin. Yeah. And, like, they brought, like, our not-so-older cousin to hang out. And it was Friday night, so TGIF was on, but it was Christmas <laughs> time. And so we had a choice between watching Rudolph, which yep. my sister and I had seen plenty of times, yep. or Family Matters, uh-huh. which was a new episode. Yeah. And I seem to remember my two cousins were both, at some point it devolved to them screaming, Rudolph, Rudolph. Yeah. And me and my sister going, Urkel, Urkel. <laughs> and I remember this moment. And we watched Urkel. Yeah. And uh, But it's because I had seen Rudolph so that's much. That's so funny, yeah. That's a good one. I'm pretty sure that's the one where they go to the island. It's got the ice pick guy, and it's got the elf, and they all go to the island of Misfit Toys together. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's Rudolph. I'm sure. I mean, and I, and yes, if it's I, not, it's and close. I believe the Heat Miser is is the is the one in in Rudolph. I think the Heat Miser's in the Year Without a Santa Claus. Oh, is that what I'm thinking of then? But that probably has Rudolph in it. He is on the poster. Huh. I mean, they're. They, they, they do bleed together because I think there, there's a frosty one too. I think there's right, a frosty one. Yeah, there's there's quite a few of them, but I, Rudolph is the one that I I know I watched like a fucking ton growing up. A ho ho lot. I love that that and that design of Rudolph is like the one. That's how I think of Rudolph. You know that is yeah, yeah that is how Rudolph yeah. looks. I always hated like the. Uh... Oh, <sighs> yep, there he is. Oh, that's, that's him. So cool. Nineteen sixty four that came out. Yeah. All right, my number five is Gremlins. Hell yeah, dude. I love Gremlins. You just pulled my number two. I'll just reveal it because oh, we'll just right talk on. we'll talk about it together. We did it on the show. Basically, well, we did Gremlins too, but we talked about Gremlins, I think, in our Gremlins 2 episode. Right? Isn't that yeah. how we did it? I think so. Uh yeah, but I, so. Uh, I fucking Gremlins is great. I love Gremlins. Maybe, did we do Gremlins like before that? I think we may have done Maybe Gremlins. Maybe we in did the them past. both. Because I remember both times you mentioned First, the the dead Santa Claus, the uh, dead Santa Claus story, speech, and then that weird like mutation of it in the second one. Oh yes, where yeah. she has an equal horror story yeah. that is clearly done with a wink and a nod to yes. that first yeah. one, which is great because it opens up that first one where you go, oh no, they they did that on purpose. Oh, they to know, just fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. It, and so I, you know. that dead Santa Claus story is my favorite. It's what that's <laughs> it's why so it's crazy. that's why it's my number two because it's like. If I'm going to watch a Christmas movie, I want to hear that dark fucking Santa Claus oh, joke yeah. every Christmas. And that's the thing is, I like Gremlins 2 better in terms of which one do you want to watch right now. Yeah. But Gremlins made the list because of that story. And that's a great that Christmas so movie. Good. It it's, is a good Christmas yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. It, dude, that story is just... when it, I I It sucks to say it because I, I don't remember... I know I grew up with Gremlins, but don't remember it enough. That only last year did I realize, oh, that's my new Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Like, when we watched it for the show, I was like... Oh, that Santa Claus story? Yeah, I need to hear that every Christmas it's, from now on till the end of time. I grew up on Gremlins too. Yeah. We had that tape. Yeah. Because one was not as accessible to right. a child. Yep. But yeah, one is like... That yeah, joke. Yeah, we watched it for that last that year. That is the like, darkest fucking Christmas joke so I've good. ever heard. It is so fucking good. I miss Phoebe Cates, man. It, it is, no one else could have delivered it's that. It's a 10 minute story did. about how her, how her dad died that ends with her saying, and that's how I found out Santa Claus isn't real. It's yeah. so good. Didn't even didn't even pay any sort of lip service to losing her dad. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's so good. Just, what a great like concept of just in one fell swoop. Yeah. Innocence fucking lost. Yep. Christmas ruined. Yep. <laughs> like that is it's, horrible. Oh my god. I love that joke. <laughs> and after surviving that, you'd think, well, the rest of my life will comparatively be cake. Yep. Nope. nope. Gremlins. gremlins. And gremlins too. <laughs> and whatever that other story is that happens between the Oh yeah. my god. So good. Like if I ran into some gremlins, that would fuck up my life. But yeah. if I ran into some gremlins too, 
I don't think I could continue to live. Oh, no. If I met an electricity... One of them's made of lightning. That's what I was just going to say. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. If I was that lady who got spidered by the spider gremlin, I would never be able to close my eyes again. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, it'd be awful. Yeah, horrible. And then there's the guy who, who... gets raped by the female criminal. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Although he is. It doesn't fit the typical rules of consent, but the way he looks at a camera that goes, well, it's a <laughs> pussy, is sort of just it's a, an element of, of craziness. That is hilarious. He, that's literally what happens. Yeah. He looks and is just like, well, someone's getting laid tonight, yeah. even if it's with a goddamn gremlin. God, that's crazy. Uh, I guess give me your... Uh... <laughs> Nope, my number four. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, my number four is Rare Exports. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's based on a short film. It is... Uh, I really want to see this. Rare Exports is one of those movies that... Uh, now, this isn't a spoiler, where the whole movie is happening, and then very close to the end, the lens pulls back a okay. lot further to an, oh, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. You know, it's like uh-huh. that kind of thing. Cool. In a way, it's sort of the way like uh, like Cabin in the Woods was, yes. where the lens just gets yanked to space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's really good. I believe it's it's one of the Icelandic countries was yes. the was the source. It's yeah. Norwegian. Of, yeah, I think so, it's Norwegian. I think so. And yeah. um, I really want to see this. I've heard it's really good short. things about it. I think it. it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's very kitschy, very funny. Yeah, and it is a Christmas movie about Santa. I know, and he's yeah. like, but he's like evil Santa who's been frozen on ice for a long time or something like that. I won't speak to okay, what it's fair. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really don't want to speak to literally to what it's about. Um, you know, this make me think of too. It's not in any movie, but I think we should acknowledge that any Futurama episode with Robot Santa, yes, is a good Christmas yes. movie. <laughs> yeah, agreed, acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. So, tip of the hat to you. So you may be surprised this made my list, but my number four is a movie I believe we did last Christmas, Krampus Baby. Oh, I that's on my honorable mentions. I got to see it again. I don't remember much. I thought about it. It was great. Here's what I thought about it. I gave it three. <laughs> Dude, I know. I gave it three stars when we saw it because I thought it was fun. And I think it was one of those like first time theatrical experiences where I was like, "Ah, I was maybe more excited for that than it gave me. Mm -hmm. But I like. We also remember we had chatty kids that were being really really irritating. Yes. That hurt hurt it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But thinking about it, I was like, I was thinking about it today and I was like, okay, what are my favorite Christmas movies? And like I said before, it's like, I kind of like the genre ones and the ones that are like Christmassy but are mm. are a little weird and you know have a little element to it. I thought about it and I was like, "Yo, even if Krampus is only a three star movie, I want to watch that this Christmas right now." I'd like to watch it again because I did really like it yeah. as well, and it was and it's literally very the first movie that popped in my yeah. head when I came up with this list. Ultimately, I gave that slot of yes. air quotes yes. to Rare Exports. Yeah, because it's, yep. it's certainly of a similar brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It's uh, I liked Krampus enough that it's just like, yeah, I, that's what I want to watch right now for Christmas. That was fucking it, good. It's I, got I a lot of holiday spirit in it, yeah. actually, you know? Oh, yeah. And then also has the fun, oh. creepy monster things that and I like about it. that end. Do you remember the ending? Yeah. That oh, lens pulls shit. back, baby. Yeah, that's one of those. Okay. Yep. I do. I The the shots, because that's another one where it's snowy outside. It's yep. cozy inside. Yep. Yep. The shots of Krampus skittering across the rooftops. Yes. That's some really effective. Really good. Chilling stuff. stuff yeah. And festive. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's my number four. Awesome. So now we're up to number three. Your numero trace. All right. Home Alone. That's my number three. Oh, right on. Perfect. Match, baby. I have a feeling that we're going to We may together. just continue yeah, to match as we go. We'll find out. Um, uh, Home Alone's awesome. I love Home Alone. People I, forget that Home Alone 1 is not about a guy setting traps for bad guys. Right. Oh, yeah. It's about a little boy who truly believes that he wished his family uh-huh. into non-existence. Uh-huh. 
somehow that's Christmassy. Oh yeah. Well, you know? I mean, the movie is like entrenched in Christmas shit. You know, mm. he he has to figure out how to go shopping for himself. He doesn't want to miss out on this Christmas, so he's got to like get some gifts for himself. He got, mm. you know, it. I and that movie is like, you know, I I feel like people go back and forth on it. I know it was not necessarily well reviewed in its time. Our generation grew up with it on TV all the time, so we love it. Uh, I some, saw that in the theater with my dad. Yep. Some people are reassessing it and going like, no, I think the critics were right. It's maybe not that great. I have seen that movie pretty much every Christmas for my entire it's life. the best. And I love it every time. It doesn't have to be great. It's no. Home Alone. It, yeah. It, oh, it, I loved it. It's good. And it still works for me every time. I think that uh, both Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern are giving really great performances where they clearly Ugh. know exactly what movie they're in. Yep. And they're just... <laughs> Fucking chewing the I'm shit out of it now as Daniel Stern was in Home Alone. You got to be fucking kidding yeah. me! I looked it up. What I don't know how I got to yeah. it. But I was like, holy shit, he was thirty three in that oh movie. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw a great video of Daniel Stern the other day. Yeah. Not the other day. It was a couple months ago. Yeah. And it's him, obviously at his house. He's in his garage. I've seen this with yeah. the bucket. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. He's yeah. just yelling to his wife to film him, yeah. and he reveals that he has captured a similar spider to yeah. the one yeah. that. But he's he's got he's either in a wife beater or no shirt. He's yeah. wearing like sweat shorts yeah. and flip flops, doing the scream. Yeah, and he's just an old beat ass stoner. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, what a hero! He's oh, I love Daniel Stern. He's so good in that movie. When my dad took me to see it, I remember he could not stop talking about how much he enjoyed Joe Pesci. (laughs) Pesci. Of course. That was one. I remember my sister had her friend sleeping over. And so it was just like, uh, get get Danny out of the house because they're doing their thing. So my dad took me to see that. (laughs) I remember in elementary school, they brought in, it was like video day. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to watch Home Alone. And we were all like, yeah. And it was like a how-to, like children's thing about how when you are home alone, safety things that you can do, such as you know doing a lap around the house to check for broken windows and things like that. And it was, it was. De- I'll never forget the yeah, oh, that occurred collectively. It's really funny. Different Home Alone. Uh, well, I just realized there's no way we're gonna match on our number two because mine is Gremlins. Oh, right. We already talked about there it. There you go. So, what is your number two? Batman Returns. Oh, dude. Yeah. Why did I ignore that? <laughs> it's so good. That it's sorry, that is my number two. Christmas. Fuck, fuck yeah. Fuck whatever I put you can, there. You can p- bump it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, I mean, honestly, my number two is actually Black Christmas. Yeah, so mine all is of two, these actually. need to bump yeah, back yeah. one. But since we did this I episode, I can't believe I ignored that movie. It that has, is definitively a Christmas movie. It has the ending that ties in a little bit towards a little bit to what we talked about with uh, Black Christmas. Yes, when. Uh, they're driving off after uh-huh. he has had this uh, decidedly sexual adventure with yeah. a kindred freak spirit in Catwoman. Yeah. And she's got, as far as the magic has determined, one life left. Uh-huh. And he thinks he, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne thinks that he sees her shadow and is just like, you know, he's going to be haunted by her. Yeah. And as he's driving away, he says, as he's riding away and Alfred's driving, he says, uh, Merry Christmas, Alfred. And, Mary, and Alfred's like, uh, Merry Christmas and goodwill towards men. Yeah. And then... Bruce Wayne's like, and women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's so good. It's still just it's a good Christmas movie. The I, bad guys come out of a Crimbus present. Yep. it's so good. Oh, uh, that movie. When we did that for the show, I was like, "Yo, this is way better than it's I remember." So good. Yeah, Penguin is cast out by his parents on Christmas. Yeah, and then you know it becomes you know part of his theme, which is why he emerges in Christmas. Yep. And they do the whole putting the baby in the basket yes. and sending him down Moses. river. It's 
they're doing all of this Christmas oh, yeah. stuff there. And it's also just, it has like a very Christmassy cheer and charm yes. to it yeah. type of way for a movie that's decidedly rather bleak. But yes. Yeah. Very gothic. Batman Returns. That's such a good choice. I uh, love that movie. It's still my favorite Batman movie. Yeah. Do we even need to talk about our number one? I we mean, does anybody even know, like, is anybody listening right now not know what we're about to say? Well, I'll make a joke. I almost put Die Hard 2 at 2, because <laughs> Die Hard 2 is a Christmas movie, uh-huh. but more only because it's extending the brand yes. of what is arguably, what is, is your number one? Is my number one? Die Hard! Die Hard, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's... Uh, I know it's very in vogue right now to say it's your favorite Christmas movie because people think that's a clever well, that thought. Was, that was in vogue, you know, a couple years ago when it was a clever thought, yeah. and now the new in vogue is 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 coming back against yeah, that. It's not a Christmas and movie, and so now actually that's probably last year in vogue, and now yeah. the new in vogue is pushing back against that. Yeah, which is where I'm at. Yeah, so- <laughs> I'm at the point where I just don't even understand why this has ever been something anybody needed to make a point about. It yeah. is clearly a Christmas movie. See, that, that's what bugs me the most about it is that people thinking that they're clever, that it's a Christmas movie. Well, you're not clever because it very much it's is a, a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. And the people who are mad at the at the at it being called a Christmas movie are also wrong because it is a Christmas it's movie. It's a Christmas movie. And so really it should just fall into it is a Christmas movie. And you can like it how you see fit. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I don't give a shit yeah. what your opinion of the movie is. Like, yeah. I, you like it, don't like it. I don't give but a fuck. Is. Whatever. But it, I mean, don't argue it's not a Christmas. It's a yeah. Christmas movie. It's, it's The soundtrack is all Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. Well, Christmas music. It, you know, he kills the bad guy with wrapping paper. Yep. Uh, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. 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 Uh, uh, it's about a guy getting home on Christmas with to family. reunite with his family. Yep. Um, a family that. That he can only see because he sort of abandoned them yeah. for work and he's off for Christmas. Yeah, he's got that at big Christmas bear party. with him that is a Christmas gift yes. for his children. <laughs> he's at a Christmas they're at a yeah. Christmas party. Yeah. yeah. It's a Christmas movie. The last line in the movie is or one of the last lines in the movie is why can I always forget his name, the limo driver? Oh, uh Argyle. Argyle. And he says, If this is how they do Christmas, I can't wait to see New Year. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Which is obviously the setup for the sequel that they then went to great pains to go, ah, fuck that New Year stuff. We're, yeah, we're yeah. Christmas again. It's all Krimbus. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what's funny is that the argument about its Christmas movie status yeah. is not really about that. No. Because one side of the argument is based in, you know, it's clever for me to think that this is a Christmas yeah. movie, which it's not clever. It is no, a Christmas movie. No, it's just a movie. Christmas movie. And then the other side was the it's not a Christmas movie. But both of those have kind of moved in where... Nobody thinks it's that clever to be a Christmas movie, and nobody really thinks that it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah. But there's just nah, nah, nah. yeah, yeah. So you it's know, just, how about it's just a Christmas movie? But it's just it's diehard. But it's, it's fucking dude, awesome. It I, this is the it's one of the most rewatchable movies ever made, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's a Christmas movie makes it the most rewatchable Christmas movie for me. I I I can and will and always do watch this every year oh, around yeah. Christmas. This will happen sometime during yes. Christmas weekend. Yep. I will watch this and it'll probably be watched sometime out of Christmas yeah. too. Oh oh which, I yes. Yeah. It's also just one of my most frequently watched movies. I think that's probably the best way to describe the my taste for Christmas yeah. movies is I like the ones that you don't have to watch at Christmas. Agreed. Like I love Elf. But if it's not yes. Christmas, I'm probably not going to watch Agreed. it. Agreed. Yep. I'm definitely not going to watch Christmas Story if it's not Christmas. No. But I might watch Krampus. I might watch... Totally. Um, I'll definitely watch Batman Returns, Die Hard, Black yeah, Christmas. Gremlin. So, you know, it's... Yep. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I just... I love movies. So, mm-hmm. like, I yeah, I would rather... Yeah, I guess... The I, ones that speak to my genre. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. It's just like, yeah, but... The, well, these are the movies I like. Mm-hmm. My, my sister, she loves Hallmark movies. Yeah. She loves Hallmark Christmas movies. But it's not necessarily because they're Christmas. It's because they're Hallmark movies. Right. That's a genre that she enjoys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, I like good action movies with Bruce Willis. Yeah. And one of them's on Christmas. I can watch it. Yeah, it's a Christmas. Surprise! Lethal Weapon didn't make our lists. It's in my that's, honorable mentions. You know what? I didn't even think about that yeah. one either. I forgot that's another Christmas one. Really, any Shane Black Iron yeah, Man three could be on this list. I also had I made a mention to uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep, that is also of the group. But yep, that one and even Lethal Weapon don't quite register. I mean, they are. You could defend it. Yeah, they don't cling as Christmas movies the way some do. The, I the mean. Other, Oh, no. Go ahead. If, if the argument against Die Hard being a Christmas movie is no, it's an action movie that takes place on Christmas, I would I would be much more amenable to that argument if you were talking about Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. A hundred percent. Also, a movie I haven't seen in forever, I remembered loving. I wanted to mention it because I'm curious as what you think of it, because I I'd like to see it again, but Scrooged. Oh, I you know what? Scrooge is one of the few Bill Murray movies I don't know that I've ever seen. We should do an episode on that at some point. I think I I've don't s- remember it. I saw it as a child. Yeah, once. I want to say it was on like Comedy Central when we were kids occasionally, and I, I know maybe, it's beloved. Yeah, I maybe saw some scenes. Like I have, I have memories of Bill mm. Murray in that role, but I, I I don't know that I've ever seen that I couldn't movie. Tell you what it's about, yeah. but like I know that it's loved. I, I know it's loved. Uh, in fact, Kevin Smith always talks about that script being one of his favorite scripts ever written. We that should it's do just one. full we of do really of good, that. clever stuff. I would like to watch that. I would Especially love to watch now that. Because as a kid, I probably didn't have much of a... Like, Looney Tunes Christmas Carol is yeah. all I really yeah. knew, you know? Yeah, I mean, M- Muppet Christmas Carol is one that could... Yep. That, yep. Yeah, they, those kinds of things. Yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol of, like, the... like can only watch during Christmas Christmas yes. movies, that's probably my favorite. Yes, just, Those didn't make my list. Yep. Then the other one, and it's a movie that... I always thought was a bit overrated, but then every time I see it, it gets a little bit better. But it's also been years was a nightmare before Christmas. Yeah, yep. That's a cool flick. That's a really cool flick, and I, I truly I think one of the best things about. I mean, I'm a I love stop motion. That's partly how Rankin Bass made my list. Mm. I really like stop motion stuff, so I get really into like the craft of that movie. There are at least four songs in that movie that I truly think are like some of the be- like best musical oh, yeah. songs. Ever, uh, like, Danny Elfman's just dude. I, I love some of that tits. music oh, so yeah. much, and that's like his fresh out of Oingo Boingo days. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It, oh you gotta God. watch Forbidden Zone. Who's <laughs> Forbid- wild? Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's directed by his brother. He okay. plays Satan in it. Whoa! But it's like a really weird, like it's not quite John Watersy level, but it's yeah. that same like, like extra low budget but super imaginative. Yeah. Um, it's not as crass. It's crass, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to be a singing butthole. Yeah, yeah but yeah. um, it's pretty wild. Yeah, forbidden, forbidden planet, Zo- forbidden zone, forbidden zone. Yeah, yeah, into it. Yeah, it's I'll good check shit. it out. Yeah, dude, that's a good call. So you know. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, my brain is literally running through Nightmare on Elm Street songs right now. Nightmare on Elm Street songs. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas songs. What's this? Yeah. What's this? Yeah. <laughs> There's something on my hand. <laughs> it's just skin. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's his claws. Well, that's a with with Black Christmas. That's one thing that they avoid by not showing Billy is yeah. you don't get a Freddy Krueger. And I love Freddy Krueger. Yep. I love that he taunts and harasses his yep. victims before killing them. But there are points where you're just like, <laughs> he's funny. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know? yeah. So I mean, that doesn't happen in Black Christmas. Nope. It never gets funny because you don't have yeah. that visual. So, you know. We'll I can't believe nobody made a sequel to this at some point. It seems like that ending is rife for there to be a sequel. And this would have been, I guess maybe this is too early, actually, right? I was about to say this would have been in the era when everything becomes a ten movie series, but yeah. actually it's kind of earlier than that. Yeah, it even got like the the remake. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is there a Black Christmas too? Well, there is. Let's see. Black Christmas Legacy is 
Oh, it's a it's a forty minute it's short doc. documentary okay. about it. But then there's one called Black Christmas: The Night Billy Came Home from Whoa. 2016. What it is an hour and thirty minutes? Directed by John Sackett, who didn't do anything else. The students of Delta Lambda Zeta thought the legend of Billy was a joke. The sorority begins receiving deranged phone calls, which frightens them and leads to multiple missing members of Delta Lambda sorority. Ah, so it's one of those weird, like, hey, it's a remake, but yeah. also a sequel, but also it stinks. They just take the concept and yeah. do that. I wonder if it's any good. The IMD rating, IMDb rating is 6.3, oh, but not... it's definitely like it's like it's a floating head post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'd be curious. Yeah, I wouldn't be against taking a look at it. Yeah. It's got nobody in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. Because like, even like... Like Salem's Lot had like yeah. a Salem's Lot yeah. revisited or whatever. It yeah, was. but uh. it's just that ending is like so rife for there to be a. Se- Not that I want one actually, yeah, but it's better you know ambiguous. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I still I lament the day that the that it follows two happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. I don't I don't want to I want more. no more information. Yeah. I because to me it wasn't about no nope. because that's the thing same thing with Black Christmas it's to me it's not about the killer I don't care what Billy's yeah. up to next yeah I don't really care what Jess is up to next yeah. that story's over yeah and it's satisfied me yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah, Ra- wrap I'm it up. Good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. All right, let's do this. Asleep. Happy holidays, folks. Yes, happy holidays, for, for guys. Real. Celebrate them as you please. Uh, we hold your loved ones close. Yes, we it's, are participating uh, in the war on Christmas. We don't care if you say Merry Christmas. We don't give mm. a flying fuck. As long as you carry the cheer from, and you know what, and I don't care what holiday you wish me. Yeah. I'm going to take your well wish yeah, and please. pay it forward. Yeah. So, whatever it is, happy that. This, you know, uh, every day should be like this, but this season is about uh, caring for others and, mm. and, and giving. So um, since we have decidedly uh, been a wild gone the other direction <laughs> on that at every other day this year, let's, you know, yeah. let's make this last month this count. Is, this, is what, this is what we have to fight with. Yeah. And yep. I'd much rather have joy as a weapon. Yeah. So Agreed. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Happy holidays. Sincerely. It is... Uh, and uh, now listen to us plug one more time. Yeah, say it's, it's it's an honor and a privilege that that people listen to. Yeah, us. it really is. And uh, I believe we're going to be coming up on. We might have one more episode before the end of year. Yeah, we should be getting to the top ten of the year pretty soon. So cool. we That'll we may squeeze another episodes. episode in before then. But I think uh, we can get one more yeah, in. I think we can. I think last year we tried. Oh fuck! I got to shake up my list. Eyes wide shut, dude. Oh. Last year we were gonna have Andy on for Eyes Wide Shut. Maybe we should right. talk to him about that for getting call. another holiday it's a movie good in. Call. But we'll see. It's a good call. And if not, maybe we could watch Scrooged. Yeah. yeah. Be into that. Uh so yeah. Eyes Wide Shut transcends the season. It doesn't have I, to be it's fun. also another one I've never seen, so actually that would be perfect. I feel like I gotta bump I gotta bump some shit. Yeah. Because I forgot Eyes Wide Shut. I well, we'll just have to do this list again when we do yeah, our next we'll holiday it, we'll movie in two time. weeks. Yeah. It might have been on my list last time. It probably was. It probably was. Okay, well, then we'll have Rare Exports this yeah. time around. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You uh, watch that. That's my recommendation. You should watch that. I, I do want to yeah. watch that. <laughs> it's cool. It's, uh, I mean, I got to make time for a million things over the next month. But There's so many things that uh, I want to see for the I got to catch up to do. Uh, all right, let's sign off. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. That's numeric two. Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. We're on Tumblr. We're on Libsyn. Uh, we're, we're all over the internet. I Like Two Movie. Numeric Two is where you can find us. Uh, I Like Two Movie at gmail.com. Give us some suggestions. Tell us what you want to hear us talk about, and we will probably do it. Uh, and uh, hey, find us on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Give us a review. We like reading those too. We get quite a few of those. We've got some recommendations from there and have used them in the past. Go ahead and do it. You can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. It's with an F. I'm on letterbox.com slash Philadelphia. And I do still write for farsightedblog.com. Right on. Um, 
Dan Scully on everything, Letterboxd, uh, Tumblr. That might be the Dan Scully. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. That's that's actually more for me to just. It's like a it's like a hard drive where I just keep <laughs> links to articles. I don't use Tumblr. Um, Dan Scully on Facebook, Twitter, Letterboxd, all that. Check out Cinadelphia.com for uh, reviews and such with them. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it for me. I got one last thing. I'm going to give a shout out to Jacob Harrington, who oh, was yeah. a guest with oh, us recently. Yeah. You got to plug that up. Yeah, and we just uh, he just released an episode that Dan and I were the guests on of his podcast, which is called Based on Nothing. So uh, check out Based on Nothing Podcast. We did a uh, quote-unquote a commentary track for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with Jacob, which was a blast. Oh, yeah. And I think we spent all of seven minutes talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> I believe at one point we were just talking about another podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was but I, I actually think it's probably very valuable to listen to it while watching the movie. Yes. Because... That that it's a fun hangout. Yeah, and the movie is an integral part of it. Yes, it is. So you yeah, can yeah, be yeah. the movie. Let's we had a, we had a great hang with Jacob, and I think uh, if you're looking for a maybe slightly less professional version of Dan and I, uh, it's the perfect way to hear us a little more in our uh, oh, yeah. natural element. Oh yeah, uh, which is uh, a lot of fun. So check us out on Based on Nothing. Uh, I believe that episode is already out if you're listening to this, and uh, I think that'll do. Yeah. That'll do. All right. Uh, That'll do, pig cunt. <laughs> oh, That'll boy. Do. I'm glad that's how we're going to end. Yep. <laughs> My name is Gareth Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie, because we, we like, like to movie!